right. What's up, everybody? It's Hotline League episode 143, and I am wide awake right now because I woke up, I don't know, like an hour and a half ago, and I'm ready to go. And uh, boy, were our teams not ready to go from LCS, but... That's why we're expanding this episode to make it more international as we've been doing with all of our our world's episodes. We'll we'll introduce our co-host uh, guest co-host in just a moment. But first off, my constant co-host is here, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh I'm going great. I'm good. I'm real good. I can tell. I, can I didn't see that you tweeted out I I got distracted in the middle of your intro because yes, I didn't see you tweeted out this clip. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, it's, it's like, not the full clip. It's just the the, image, the, the but, screenshot. Yeah, but now yeah. people are replying to it, and I'm like, oh, now I'm catching up on what people are saying. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, <laughs> and we'll talk about that in a second. Mark has a a specific TSM clip uh, that he would like us to to talk about momentarily. But other than that, Mark, I mean, I saw Mark and I got breakfast this morning to celebrate the uh, halfway point of World's Group Stage outside socially distanced wearing masks because we take this seriously but um how how would how'd you sleep today mark uh it was a short one like five hours i'll probably take a nappy poo after this okay can you just call it a nap no i cannot i okay. cannot do that well <clears throat> have you been playing anything lately Genshin Impact, baby! You and me, all night, every night, just fucking weeb, grind lord, gotcha game. Wait, we just, Holy like, shit. we, uh, <laughs> it's like, North America loses, I get declined an interview, and I'm like, well, I feel like shit right now, so I guess I'm gonna go into this brightly colored world with, uh, cute anime characters and just try to lift my spirits at 5am in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch black, can't, can't go outside, can't yeah. like you know take a breather. Just yeah, it's it's uh it's been tough. Anyway, uh, we're also joined <laughs> by Lyric, who is having a much better worlds for his region. Lyric, how's it going, dude? I mean, you just said it right. I mean, LPL. I I'm gonna say we're at the top since you know we have four teams instead of three, one, three, oh, three, two, ones. It's feeling great. Yeah, this is actually the first time. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I have to ruin his spirit a little bit because I'm jealous. Technically, LCK has a better win rate right now uh, because there's yeah, one less team. Exactly, <laughs> because there's one less team. Yeah, it's like a 75% win rate to a 77 or something. I, I don't know. Uh, but Does that include LGD's losses in the plans, or is this only group stage? Uh, group oh, stage. No. Oh, geez, no. That didn't Thank even God, happen. Yeah, that did not happen. Well, Lyric, since you are the... Uh, this is the first time you've appeared in any of my content. Uh, I'm curious... Uh, if you want to go ahead and kind of introduce yourself to people who might not be familiar with you, maybe they don't watch LPL or whatever. Okay, so I started as a coach at the end of Season 5. I actually spent a couple years coaching in LMS, so an even more obscure hipster region. Eventually went over to CBLaw last year, and I was the coach of the Flamingo team that went to World. So BRTT, Shrimp, who I'm sure you guys know because he spent so many years in NA, and then, uh, yeah, I switched over to commentating only this year. Actually, only in March. I've only been an LPL caster for like seven months now. Wow, okay. And how's that been for you? I mean, this is your first Worlds then. Yeah, as man, an LPL it, was, caster. it was pretty intense. Because I'd say when you watch like the cast, 
from like team side, you'll be like, oh, like, what, what is this? What are these guys talking about? Then you get on camera and you're like, holy shit, I have to focus on what this guy's saying. I need to focus on like the camera, how I'm speaking, what's going on in the game. And it's been like really hard, like surprisingly rough, but it's also just been really fun. I think LPL is the funnest league to watch. So I'm also just super lucky that I get to talk about those games. Yeah. I mean, it's probably a more difficult league to cast too, because there's so many teams and the, like in LCS, you can just kind of like hang out bullshit and wait for the first kill to happen at 15 minutes. Uh, but in LPL, like people are somehow dying when the game is starting. So I, Actually, it's kind of strange. I feel like NA would be harder because like when I watch NA or even some LCK games, I'm like, man, what do you even talk about as a commentator here to where LPL starts? It's like, cool. I can just start talking about the game at like level one. Yeah. This is why people say that we love narratives. We, we don't love narratives. We just have to tell them for 15 minutes until something happens in the game. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, so a couple things, a couple maintenance things. First off, uh, shout out to Alienware and Draft Buff who are sponsoring this episode. We'll take breaks to uh, chat a little bit more about their wonderful products as the, uh, as the show continues. But uh, I also just want to, for purposes of anybody listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube or whatever, uh, we are actually recording this Tuesday night. I had to pull up my calendar to know what day it is because time has lost all meaning to me. But it's Tuesday night, and we are at the halfway point of groups. So that one day off that happens between the round robins, that's where we're at. So that'll set the stage on any other conversation you're going to be hearing here if you're watching this later in the week and more games have occurred. But this is basically the only time in which we could possibly do Hotline League this week. So, uh, but let's let's get into it. Um, Mark, I know, I don't, do you want to set a little bit of ground rules on like how much it, this wants to be a shit on NA episode? Yeah. Versus, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've definitely been memeing it up a, a lot uh, on social media and uh, at the start of this, but I, I definitely don't want to, it's, it's, it's one week through groups, okay? We'll have to see what happens in group two or week two. Assuming we lose, though, we'll have that one to talk about why NA sucks. We'll have all the offseason to talk about why NA sucks. There will be no shortage of time to talk about it. So for now, if we're going to talk about NA, I would prefer to keep it more game-oriented um, and save the... All 10 teams need to sit down and figure out what they're going to do to fix... You know, like We can have that conversation another time. Uh, for now, let's try and keep it more more oriented on uh, the actual world's group stage that still we're in the middle of. But if anybody is looking for reasons, uh, I have developed a special tool that I will load up right now um, <laughs> that you can all see. It's tra Just go to travisgaffer.com slash NA Spinner. Uh, you can do this at home. And if you need to find out, you know, maybe you want to make like a Reddit post or something uh, to find out why it is that NA sucks, you just click it. And it will give you any number of different reasons. For some Holy reason, it frequently shit. lands on that whenever I do it. I put that in there as a joke, but uh, I I forgot which one I got. I got one of the newer ones that you put in there. I can't remember which one it was though. Oh, yeah, G GMs won't take risks. Oh, I got LA celebrity culture the first time. I oh did yeah, it. yeah. LA celebrity culture is pretty good. Absolutely true. Uh, does seem like it might be GMs based off of how many times I've rolled this. Anyway, you can play this at home. TravisGafford.com. Slash NA spinner. <laughs> Ooh, that was right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but you know, there's so many reasons, so might as well just find find the spin. Uh so but we will be taking some calls on stuff. Like if you want to I mm -hmm. I guess 
Mark, you would say like a good way, correct me if I'm wrong, but a good way to phrase this is like, if you want to call in and talk about why you feel like DSM's losing because of their drafts, that's like a good take to call in about. If you want to call in and say all 10 NA teams need to sit down and stop running the LCS the way they run it and fire you know, ex get rid of every international pro that's Imports been here. Imports are ruining the NA. Yeah, yeah. You know, like any of those Anything that's on that spinner that I just <laughs> just was using, <laughs> we'll save that for another episode. Trust me, Mark and I know we have to do those episodes every year, but that's going to be later. And also, and every, just, every year it gets more fun to do. And please, please, I know this is mostly like an LCS audience, and we always mostly do stuff on the show for LCS, so I totally get it. But we have Lyricon. If you guys, it would be great to talk about some of the other regions at Worlds, perhaps some of the other ones that seem to be doing well. Um, that might be kind of fun to talk about Top or Damwon or or any of these other teams. So uh, feel free to do that. Uh, but Mark, do you want to uh, talk a little bit about, I don't know, do, normally in the beginning of the show, we have a little bit of free conversation. Uh, and you, Mark, I think have some opinions on on some stuff sure do you want me to hop in that first you want to pick lyrics brain first what do you want to do yeah uh i think we can we can throw it a lyric so lyric i know we were kind of asking you in general about stuff but how has uh worlds been for you what have you been thinking about the games anything surprising i i was surprised coming into play-ins when it turned out that the like the meta was so slow and it pretty much just became teams kind of mindlessly picking comp second 5v5 at drake and it's been really cool to see that actually coming into the the main group of worlds we have been getting these like higher harder to execute comps that are pretty much all been early game centric right nidalee renekton the pantheon things like this are picked every single game and i think this to me has actually been the most exciting start to any worlds we've ever had i think a lot of the the drafts have been cool i think the skill level is at the highest to where pretty much any team that that makes a mistake level one it seems that the game's already over See, it's so funny to me that you say that this has been the most exciting start. Yeah. I actually feel like this has been the least exciting worlds because we've had so few upsets. Like I normally group stage, I feel like you get all sorts of crazy bonker stuff that's happening. You know, the the only one really was like TL losing to Machi and then TL beating G two. I feel like is the only I, like I weird just, stuff. I just love the, the we're already seeing the two different perspectives coming in from you know yeah. me viewing from over here to you guys. Well, yeah, okay, so like, I will say there's good so. Here's what I, my world's pattern tends to be group stage is entertaining, but maybe not the best games. Then we get into quarter semis and finals, and that's where we see like top tier League of Legends. So I guess you're excited to see the top tier League of Legends that we're seeing in groups, and it does feel like there's a lot of great teams here, but hey, I'm... Well, we we do ahead. have like the Fiestas in group C, so I that's mean, we, we still got some, some interesting League of Legends. That is true. That is true. I mean, Mark, what do you think of all this? I mean, I definitely see why it'd be exciting for LPL and LCK fans, you know, basically one, two in, in all their groups tied uh, or, you know, battling for first. Uh, and I do agree that, like, there have been a number of, of games that have been super fun to watch. I think if you're looking at it from that upset perspective, yeah, things have more or less gone as expected every single time. Uh, Fnatic over Gen G is the other, you know, upset that you could claim. But even then, that was the group that people were saying that was where there's going to be a lot of different. There's I mean, the outcomes. first day was super stompy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's definitely to, to Lyric's point about, you know, if you make a mistake, a lot of these teams can just take your head off for it, um, which is a fun style of League of Legends to watch, I think. I mean, I, I do like 
when there's a little bit more back and forth. But what's cool is when you get into a best of five with that, if people remember like the IG, and I always mess up, but KT, IG versus KT series from a couple of years ago, how back and forth and insane those games were, even though they, they often were pretty stompy, like one game to the next is just like whiplash how, how much the other team stomps. So like I could totally see, you know, I don't know, top versus Dom Juan if they somehow get each other early in the tournament, you know, like just being absolutely insane. I just hate, and I tweeted about this and then I got a bunch of, like a, a an LPL person like retweeted me and was like, uh, you know, taking issue with the tweet or whatever. But like on the very first day when the world's group started with FlyQuest top, I was like, why is this the game that we are starting <laughs> worlds on? Like, this is not going to be fun for anyone. I don't know. Why. I don't know why this is the opening game of the schedule. You should you should open with something super hype. I am, and I'm not sick. So then a bunch of people came in. And they're like, yeah, but like it's an LPL. You know, LPL and China are the biggest region. Like I have no problem with starting with an LPL match. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think it's great. I just don't feel like we should create. We should we should put tournaments favorites tournament favorites with like pool pool three team. I just thought it was. It was kind of bonkers. Uh, it really killed a lot, a lot of the hype. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I guess if I had to guess, it was because Top was the number one LPL team, and yeah. so that, that I guess that was it was this you know like with it being in China and stuff like put put their best team out first. Again, I don't know why you wouldn't put DRX t- Top then, but who knows? Or like. Thinking about it, I hadn't even considered this. Even if you started with like G2 Sunni or something, man, can you imagine if that game was the first game of Worlds? That game was yeah. so hype. It would have been so amazing. That game yeah. was, was super crazy. Uh, like, and the funny thing is, G2's done that so much where it's like, oh, they threw the game and now they're about to lose. Oh, they aced them in their base. I think they did that against Fnatic like twice in the in their finals or, or like close yeah, to yeah. that. The G2 I special. guess that's the G2. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's good to hear that you're enjoying it, Lyric. I'm not saying I'm not enjoying it, but I guess, I guess I do miss some of the the bonkier groups where it's like, wow, like what's going on? Like, would have never expected, I don't know, Albus Knox Luna to look so good in this. Or I, th- that's an extreme. There's, but... there's still time for PSG to three zero on you know the upcoming days. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't know if there is time for that. Uh, technically speaking, yes, but I don't, I don't know if in in a, in a Universe of infinite possibilities, if even that one is one of them. Yeah. Um, all right, so Mark. Yes. I know you, despite this being the shit on NA, or not being the shit on NA episode, you you have something you want to discuss, right? Yeah, I uh, I don't really do, uh, I don't have a great platform right now for discussing analytical content in, in depth, so I figured I'd just plop it in here. Also because I'm sure people do <laughs> want to talk about it. This is a great platform, how dare you? I, I'm yeah the live call and show from fans. I'll just take over the beginning for this replay. Um, but it does, I think you know a lot of the conversation about NA being bad and some of the things. I mean, there's a lot about infrastructure and mind that mentality and these kinds of things. But in game, I think there's a couple things that I want to to touch on. And I think this this replay highlights something that. Um, roll the clip. Yeah, you you can just roll the clip and pause where I asked you to pause. Because uh, I think this is like, yeah, you can you can mash spacebar to get as close as you can to it. Oh, you're slow. Go back. You missed it. Okay. You got to get it right when he dies. Because this is this is like, na problem in a nutshell. Like, there. So I know a lot of people were critical of this play being a five man commit and kind of stuff and. But 
TSM actually pushed in both mid and top at the same time. The enemy team doesn't have teleports to contest this. It's a 3v5, 2v5 dive. And it should be super clean. I mean, Mark wanna, and just in. any extra context you can give for audio listeners because they can't. Sure. All right. Yeah. So this is the TSM LGD game. It's a 730 dive that happened where it was a five-man dive and they only killed one. And then LGD got a lot of plates and, and uh, minions off the back end of it. Um, but people were, you know, talking about this play and criticizing it. Um, and I think people were, were kind of criticizing it for the wrong reasons. And when I look at this play, I actually think it's a good play in theory. You have a 5v3 dive after pushing in minion waves. You know, the enemy team will be able to push back, but they can't actually counter this. It's on a fat minion wave. Like, look at TSM. They stack this wave properly and stuff. Like, they had all of the check boxes to start this. They kill Mark. And look at Kramer in his position relative to TSM's members. And this is after basically every spell has been used by both teams. There's almost nothing up except Kramer's uh, route will be coming up in a little bit. But how do we not kill him here? How does TSM not just go and keep running forward and chase down more kills? I, I literally cannot wrap my brain around it. Kramer has flash, but no heal. TSM has flash on literally everyone but Biofrost. And they are within melee range of Kramer, basically. Like, this is literally run forward and kill him. And if Peanut tries to defend him, kill him as well. If they try and flash away, flash after them. And your spells will come back up soon. You have a fair amount of low cooldown spells. They're actually in a fantastic position to convert this into at least two kills, potentially three in turret plates. This is the problem that NA has more than anything else, I think, is a total lack of like killer, killer instinct. Even from our, our teams that are relatively aggressive. Uh, and Broken Blade has aggro here, by the way. Like The right person has turret aggro. So you, you can play this a number of different ways you can chase through. You can have him back off and four-man continue on with the other four members. Like You can play it so many ways. Um, and, and like this, this is a play that every other region's top team, if they make this play, will try to kill everyone. And, and I, that's just not how NA plays. And that's why we have low combined kills per minute. That's why these plays go badly. And if you watch this play, watch people's reaction. Actually, Travis, can you go back to the pause point? Because I want you to watch people's initial reaction before your brain has a chance to process like what you want to do next. You, you kind of react on instinct. And just look at the instinct of a lot of players from this position. Biofrost will run away. Beer Broken Blade backing out is kind of okay because he has the turret aggro. I can understand. But Bjergsen running away. Like, I don't understand why they think this. And Spika is the only player who's going to run forward as soon as he drops to continue on to Kramer. They have red buff. They can tag him with slows. Like, there's so many plays here. Double if hits six, he's going to get his, his Ezreal to finish them off. Like, you can wipe them here. And they just back off because it's like, oh, we got the kill. And there's a number of plays, if you start watching from this angle, there's a number of times where, like, NA teams will kind of get the first kill, but then be happy and content with that. Um, and so, like... Yeah, this this is I think something that is a problem. Like we NA teams don't often trade aggressive in lane. They don't want to take risky counter picks in topside. Like how many times in North America did you see Quinn into Renekton? How many times did you see Camille into Jax? Or excuse me, Jax into Camille? How many times, you know, like do, do you see Fioras and the, these really hard winning counter picks on red side? Like this is the, I think in game. I mean, there's a number of problems going on in North America that you you can get into, but but this you know, almost natural instinct to to not want to take a risky play uh, is is very pervasive throughout the scene. Um, and I think is something that needs to get fixed in the future, uh, much, much more than uh, some of the other things. And I, I think it's it's an overall mentality problem that that makes it hard because when you do make a good play, like I think this is a good macro play, you know, the enemy team can't contest this play. Either they back off the turret and you, you set their bot lane super far behind. You don't have to commit the TPs then. If they try and defend, you kill them. They have no TPs to counter. You push in your waves before you made this play. Like, I think it's it should be a good play.
and and they stood right next to Kramer and ran away. Anyways, that's my uh, that's my. I think people really when I when I was watching people break down that play were just not like I just don't know how you you don't just keep running forward and kill kill their entire team like the three guys down there. Yeah. Mark, if I, I, I think, um, I think if, if I just sum that up into dies there, it doesn't matter. Sorry, what was that lyric? I think even if like one of the members of TSM dies there, you're denying three waves, you're getting three kills, you're getting plates, and even the reset timing off your death is actually better than backing off and recalling. So I think it would have been way better. It would have been like a great play. Yeah, it's uh, I I agree. You know, like you have like if someone dies there, it's fine. If Biofrost, like if if Kramer walks forward and trades onto Bio because Bio doesn't have flash, like sure, whatever, take that trade. You know, it's something that. Trades in general, even like laning trades, just the actual trading in, in North America is so much less aggressive than it is in, in other regions. Mark, if I had to turn that into three words to stick on a spinner, everything you just said, <laughs> bad instincts, is that, is, is, that what, is that what I need to do to add that baby on to my wheel? Uh, some, something about being scared. I don't know. You, you, can, you can figure out what you want to call it. Okay. Lyric. No killer instinct. There you go. <laughs> Lyric, what would an LPL a killer, team... A killer instinct. <laughs> no, no killer instincts? Yeah. Ba baby instincts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Lyric, if that was an LPL team, what would have happened? Oh, dude, they'd all be dead. I mean, that's... that's Everyone everywhere would be dead? <laughs> yeah. All, all eight people are dead. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they'd go forward. They'd probably back off. They'd wait for them to come back to lane. They'd dive again. I mean... I mean, if there's one thing that LPL has, it's, you know, Killer Instinct and Spades, so. Somebody in Twitch chat says, N.A. are herbivores. Uh, <laughs> oh, jeez. We're pacifists. It's we like, we're, trying to get that, we're trying to get that achievement in a civilization. You, you went through a pacifism or culture or whatever it is. Yeah, the yeah. Other, uh, yeah. how, how, what was, oh, Mark, at one point in time, you told me while we were watching the games, you said, that one of the teams, I forget which game, was trying to see how close they could, they could get to losing without um, taking a, a getting it with a very low kill count or something like that. Do you remember that game? Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. <laughs> uh, so I think we lost lyrics on Discord somehow. Oh, did we? Uh -oh. Yeah, I heard him drop. I don't know if you can find him again. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm still seeing his his Skype move. Welcome back, lyric. What was that? He <laughs> wanted to get out here over the show. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that that prime Chinese internet, my friends. Yeah, well, I gave you I gave you permission, so you should be able to rejoin the channel now if you if you. Uh, oh, cool! Thanks. If you drop so if you, if not, yeah. then I'll I'll keep an eye out for it. But I think that should work. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's that's the one thing I'd say that that bugs me more than most things about uh, NA is uh, that that lack of a killer mentality in draft in play. Um, yeah. Well. Anyways. That's that's my big one. Let's let's get one to callers now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, so if you haven't watched the show before, uh, the way this works is it's a call-in show. So we take your calls. You can join Discord.gg/travis. Feel free to join that if even if you're not calling into the show, by the way, um, because we also have like general discussion chats um, and all sorts of memes, etc. That's kind of fun. People have been talking in it during Worlds, uh, so. We'll check it out. But if you do want to get on the show, just put your take in the top club topics chat or the subtopics chat, your sub, a little bit of a better chance there. And uh, and then Mark will pull you into the waiting room. Whenever he joins, you can chat with him and then we'll get you in. But first off, our first caller is Pretentious Fly. Pretentious Fly, where are you calling from? 
Uh, yeah, I'm calling from Midwest Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Midwest Wisconsin. Mark, is this yeah. one of the states that you were making fun of? No, I never made yeah. fun of Wisconsin. I mean, a little bit. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, Fly, yeah, what, you, do you, yeah. what do you want to talk about Yo. on the show tonight? So my take is that the Unicorns of Love are the most exciting and impressive team at Worlds this year. <laughs> okay, so I'm... I'm. Could you define impressive to me? So, to, so for <laughs> me... Yeah, you'd think that having like a, a terrible showing in groups is not impressive, but every single year I've been watching this team and I've watched them take a bunch of no-name, like nobody players. They've raised them and then they've gotten better every single year they've gone farther and every iteration of their team produces players that end up on big-name teams that go far and do like great things with their career. Okay, and then and then just the other part of it, which is like exciting. Do you feel like there's something yeah. about their play style that's really exciting to you? I mean, their drafts are exciting. They'll they'll in team fights. They'll win things they shouldn't. I've watched this team go for dragons when they're down a man with no jungler, and then somehow they come out with it. It's I mean, it's just exciting. I I'll go to work on two hours of sleep every single morning because. I have to stay up to watch the Unicorns games. If you sleep through them, you're missing out. All right. Well, let's go to Lyric first on this because Mark just ranted for five minutes about TSM. So, <laughs> Lyric, what do you what do you think of this? You seem a little skeptical. So, I think first we'll attack the impressive one, right? If we're going to look at impressive as just how good a team is, well, Unicorns already don't meet that, honestly. But if, if we do tackle it from the impressive in terms of kind of like their play exceeding expectations, I'd say they don't even do that for me. And it's because I, I didn't watch much Unicorns of Love. Actually, I didn't watch any Unicorns of Love. <laughs> but, but coming into Worlds, I did see a lot of like hype for them. A lot of people were saying, hey, like these guys can put up a fight. They're definitely going to get through planes. They're going to be able to do decently in groups. I saw some people predicting that they'd beat FlyQuest. Heck, Cadre will put them above DRX in his pick -em. So, but So they, they haven't really met that, that hype that I've seen. To where you look at a team like Machi... And man, I did watch the PCS final. I expected that team to completely suck. And the fact that they're like competing with, with every team in Group A, if I'm coming in with like an impressive for a, a team kind of exceeding expectation, I'd probably give mine to Machi. And at least in terms of exciting, I totally get that one. Their picks are crazy. Uh, all the bot lane mages, watching their team fights, again, I have no idea what they're doing. They're just kind of completely <laughs> inting a lot of moments. It does remind me of LPL. It makes me feel at home. So I, I can kind of like half agree on the take yeah i, I i'm on the same page i was like i had pretentious uh yeah in, in terms of impressive though i would still categorize them as impressive even though they're not like exceeding expectations because you can't count them out in any matchup they're like if you're looking at it in terms of win probability FlyQuest is never going to be taking out a top team they're the team that only wins if the other team basically hands them a victory but Unicorns of Love, every single game, you can expect them to come in and just swing until someone goes down. So you can never count them out. And I know that they'll always take a game or two really important games off of somebody big. And that's like what to me is impressive is that they're taking these rosters from a small region where they're not even expected to make it out of plans. Every single year they're getting further. Like now they're in groups. And I expect them to, even if they go out this time, they're going to be back. 
I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be back. They'll have one or two new players. They'll be even better. Someone's going to steal their mid laner. Someone's going to steal their support. That's just what happens to them every year. But uh, like, it's it's impressive to see Sheepy and all of these players just building like an empire of underdogs. I mean, I do you like the idea that this is like a farm team that somehow still makes it to world's group stage? Like, that's kind of a fun take, right? Like, if people are actually taking their players consistently and yet they're still able to develop to this place. But I don't know. Mark, you were going to say? I was going to agree on, on that point being impressive. And, I mean, obviously they're impressive in their own region and play-ins was impressive. But... but- can't can't give you can't give you group stage yet, man. They haven't won a game, so you know they're going to take a game off someone in a big match. I mean, what if they go zero six? It's I mean, if they possible. go zero six, it'll still be the furthest they've gone. So, like, I'll still be proud of them. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then I know that it's like they've had they've missed worlds by one game, they've missed groups by one game, they've missed finals by one game. But each year, they came back the year after that, and they made the improvement on that and went one further. So like just following their trajectory, I mean, give it a year or two, they're going to be playing on the level of like major region teams consistently. There's crickets outside my window right now. It's just adding to the silence on what you, you know, just said. I, I, well, one thing I do want to say is the most impressive part of this take to me is the fact that you're an A, an a fan and you're so passionate about the unicorns of love and have oh, been man. apparently following them for years. And you believe, again, I mean, the major region thing I think can happen, especially with the fact that uh, I'm sure everyone's seen like LEC announced, I think twice this year, that they're trying to integrate like LEC, Russia, Turkey, and like the Middle East to kind of be more of a like joint effort. So I can definitely at least see maybe in the future they can be more more impressive, but uh, still not doing it for me so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been watching Unicorn since 2015. I mean, all of their like MSI and, and other events where I've seen them playing. So I've seen them play a lot of the teams in Europe and NA that I follow. And they've produced people like Vizichachi and Exile and Power of Evil. And those are players that like, and Neon as well, that to this day, like I, I root for them. And whatever team I see them on, like I want them to do well. And so like, to me, it's super inspirational that like, this is the team where I know that the next player that I root for will come from. Very good. Well, hey, I think that's kind of a fun, I, I'm happy that we had this take rather than a DSM sucks take. It's It's really cool to hear that there's somebody rooting for these guys, uh, you know, this every year. So thank you so much, Fly, for the, the call. Is there anything you want to say before yeah, we move on to the next caller? I mean, shout out Alienware. Shout out everyone here. You guys do a great job, and uh, keep it up. Thank you so much. Have a good one. See ya. All right. Moving on to the next caller. Mark is uh, muted. Oh, there we go. Okay. Shout out to some of our subs, by the way. Uh, I'm Justin T. Hanon2112, Captain Koala, Badger Jar, Boater uh, Michael. Draft Buff is giving a ton of subs away right now for the people that completed the, the Draft Buff challenge last week by signing up, drafting a, a team with some friends. Uh, so far, they've given one to Meteor, Spawn of Heck, and Ghost of Roll. Avaju, Fishsticks44, Wild Frank, Perchy99, Ceases Caroline, Mr. Jamerson, and Pipiopi is here. You've been on the show before, right? Uh, yeah, I 
Okay. Re remind me where you're calling from. Uh, L.A. L.A. Uh, okay. Sawtell. Sawtell. Okay. That's right. That's Sawtel. right. Yeah. Okay. In fact, we, did we've we've met at LCS before? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay. Wait, PPOP. You're famous. You have one big call like years ago. Where you had a, a monster prediction, right? It wasn't there something like that. Wasn't there a reason? <laughs> um. Yeah, I talked about how like spring split didn't matter, and it was just like everyone's gonna stop trying. And... Was that uh, it? Uh, I thought I thought you had a one back even during the Kelby era. Yeah, maybe no, not. there was because there's one uh, Sawtell caller that called and was the FlyQuest fan, and was like the big FlyQuest believer. Yeah, I know that's they... not. Yeah, that's yeah. um uh, starts with an S. I know his name. I can't yeah, do yeah. it right now. All right, PPOP. Yeah, the other one. Uh, and PPOP, if you can get a little closer to your microphone, I I turned you up to two hundred percent, but. Okay, I'll talk a little louder. Yeah. Uh, what is your take? Uh, my take is, let me uh, pull up what I wrote here. Um, I just wanted to talk about how Broxa um, actually contributed a lot more to TL's win over G2 than it seems. But most notably, I think a lot of it um, came from his offstage performance. I think just being a TL member and kind of what he had to contribute there. So, um, so you know, Jensen obviously, you know, won the game, but I feel on stage. Um, you know, Brox was playing more aggressive than I've ever seen, uh, felt very comfortable against G2. I didn't see the comms, but I'm sure he played, um, you know, a huge shot calling role in the game, but offstage, I think their win is really a testament to how much Brox had probably helped Jat, um, actually prepare for G2, um, which was one of the hidden benefits and long-term payoffs actually of, um, TL acquiring Broxa, um, was actually his understanding and helpfulness in helping TL prepare against the EU teams. And it sounds sounds like a really you know far-fetched take but i feel like it does actually matter than more than people think um and actually is one of the reasons why they're able to stop g2 early where to invade early how to play the map against them so um he's just an na player that has the most recent exposure to g2 uh, especially playing with g2 or playing competitively with g2 uh when they were you know almost the best team in the world so I would like to to get Lyric's take on Broxa and NA, uh, or at least you know his games at Worlds and stuff, because I think NA fans have been watching Broxa since spring when there was that you know disastrous thing, and I, I wonder you know what is a I assume Lyric hadn't been watching as much during that time, so like what does someone who's got fresher eyes in some ways think of 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 TL and their jungle situation and stuff? So I'll take this a bit more holistic because. To me, watching the NA teams overall, all three of them, is they don't play around jungle the same way that the Eastern teams do. Even, even I'd say uh, G2 and Rogue kind of fit in the same category, but with the NA teams, it's so evident that they don't, like, they don't sync waves up with jungle timings. They aren't treating jungle like it's an objective, like it's a team-based game, because I don't feel like jungle is just a role where you can really look at the, the jungler themselves and be like, okay, this guy's good or bad. It really is a team-based kind of role right now in the game. And I just don't feel like any of the the NA teams play jungle that way. It looks very, like, autonomous. Like, the laners are just doing whatever the laners want. The jungler's kind of, you know, doing his own set path. Maybe they'll sync up for one wave, but it doesn't look like, hey, uh, you know, we're stacking a bot wave right now, and three waves is going to hit tower. Mid, can you do this? We're going to contest this blue buff. And I'd say out of the NA junglers, TL's the most, like, uh, dramatic case of it that they just look so, like, unsynced with, with, with jungle to lane. Especially thinking back to planes, even in a lot of the wins, even with Broxa getting early advantages, it's not like those early advantages are what ended up, like, pushing the game to a win. And even this game against G2, I honestly feel like G2 just kind of hard... Uh, 
outdrafted themselves. I, I feel like they gave TL everything they wanted. They had a bunch of like losing lanes and they even get outscaled. So I'd say it's weird preparation from G2, but I will give Brox and TL that it does look like they're at least admitting that they need to play more aggressive and they realize, hey, we can't just like drown out and end up losing, right? Lyric, if I had to turn that into two to three words to stick on a spinner. <laughs> uh, let's say, oh God, two to three words. You know, I'll, I'll get back to you. Okay. Thank jungle, you. jungle diff? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Diff, diffy in the like jiffy? That. Yeah. Not yeah. uh, out of sync jungles. I don't know. Um, well, okay. So I, that tackles a lot of sort of the problems that we're having in the game. I know the colors take was more about perhaps the less like the external value that Broxa brings to the team. Mark, I know you were formerly a coach. Uh, so I'm kind of curious, do you think there's a world where like Broxa's helping Jad and the coaching staff by being like, I know how G2 plays, like this is how they go. Or like, here's a weak point that we could exploit or like, I don't know. Um, probably not. If I'm being honest, like, uh, I mean, there's, there's probably some stuff, you know, like players have small tendencies that you can kind of, um, know how, how someone will react to something sometimes but I, after a year of not playing versus them and multiple patches and different meta and all this stuff they, if they play way differently now too honestly yeah if if they're if it's a year later and g2 is still playing the same way that g2 has big problems <laughs> if i can if i can take year old knowledge and just pop it out of my my locker and be like still relevant then G two's in, in big trouble, and I don't, I, I don't think the, like you know, like Lyric said, they're they're not really the same team at all as they were back back then. I mean, my take on that game is probably like less Broxa making things happen and more TL finally decided to play proactive, aggressive, and early game stuff. And if you're G two and you've watched this team play slow as fuck for for the entire year, and you've prepared for that. And then all of a sudden, like, Brox is Chad jungling into the other side of uh, the map, and you're like, what? It is, you're, like, looking across the stage to make sure that it's the same five players that are sitting there. I feel like that's probably more what happened is, like, you know, obviously it's a ton of, of different factors. I'm sure B2 misplayed some places, et cetera, et cetera. But I just, I'm guessing they probably just got caught by surprise that this team decided to play differently than they had. I think... Um, uh... The draft point is a good one too. I mean, it was, it was triple physical and in Italy uh, as as your comp and like TL had people who could stack armor pretty easily. I um, hate Chase, man. The Jace here to me makes no sense into picking what TL had already drafted. It actually so strange. Yeah, so so the draft for G two was not great. They got put on the back foot right away um, with you know like Nidalee Jace. If your Nidalee gets shut down, that feels terrible uh, for like trying to snowball it. Like even though the Jace pick isn't good, like if it's going to do anything, it's going to be the two of them comboing together early. Um, and what's funny is I actually agree with the caller a little bit. Yeah, you know, as, as as negative as lyric is about uh, Ed A jungles, like that's still one of the best proxy games all year. Honestly, it felt like though it's you you can say it's it's still not synced. Like at least he was. He got a lead and he actually shoved it in the other team's face a little bit and was able to continue counter jungling um, relatively effectively. Uh, and the rest of the team played well as well. Like the Gen Seneca game, uh, people people were playing aggressively, you know. But even in play ins, you know, Jensen would put another team's mid laner down to 200 HP and then Brox would show up and get a kill. It was not coordinated like aggression yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. in that sense. 
So there's still a lot to improve on, but at least like it's a step in the, in the right direction. And, and the thing is, I don't even feel like, like I said, you can single out Broxa or you can single out Team Liquid in that aspect. I just feel like that's the reason why we're seeing like Korean and, and LPL teams top groups right now and the Western teams are struggling more because they haven't, they haven't figured out and learned how to like truly adapt to this style like at 100%. And I think that's what you can see. It, it's, it's a team thing, not only a jungle thing. So, Caller, it sounds like there's a little bit of a disagreement with you on this. Um, is that do you have do you have any other other thoughts? I mean, I mean it's kind of admittedly like yeah. a tough situation for any of us to say because we don't really know mm -hmm. what went on there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I agree. I guess with Mark, if if you know from a coaching perspective, Brox is probably not involved. You know, then I get that. Um, but I also agree that you know I think there's that muscle memory. You know, I know G two doesn't play the same. It's a different game. Um, after a year, but it's kind of like they're familiar faces to him. He gets into the game, he feels more comfortable, he knows what it's like to be around these players, and I just think there's a kind of an unquantifiable aspect to that. They can't really, you can't really explain it, but um, but I, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think it's it's a valid argument. I just, I think there's something else going on there that really helped them in that win. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, yeah, I was going to shout out the last call caller. Um, so I, I saw an AI online that showed the unicorns of love actually going first out of the group. Um, that wasn't an AI. Like yeah, that's a bunch of times. Very like artificial intelligence is the way I would describe it. And all uh, the other groups were like completely valid, normal. It was the weirdest thing. But anyway, yeah, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, hope you guys have a good night. Yeah, I don't mind it. stopping down talking about that for a little bit, just as someone with a programming background. Like that thing was, <laughs> it was a fucking. <laughs> you booted him out. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that you wanted to keep talking to him oh, about it. Oh, oh, I guess I, it doesn't matter. I'll just be my own thoughts on it. Like, uh, all it did, as far as I could tell, you know, outside looking in, was it just took their regional stats and plugged them into this thing that then used those to compare teams' regional stats and then say who was going to win. And so, like, the reason it didn't look that bad for other regions because G two. Uh, and I don't know what what if he was pulling from if, if this thing was pulling from just playoffs or what. But like unicorns love stomped the region. And we should say this was a Reddit thread, by the way. This, this is yeah. it was a it was a post on a website that by someone who's using something, and then they got reposted at Reddit. Either way, uh, yeah. So like obviously, all the top teams from each region were had the best stats, so therefore they topped their groups. And then unicorns love was the only weird one because they were just so much more dominant than even top esports, And that's why it looked weird. And and the percentages were horrible. Everything about it was horrible. It's not an AI. It's a complete, I mean, AI as a whole is a weird term when you really get into like what machine learning is and like, you know, regression models and all the different things you could do for machine learning and stuff. What are you doing with your, are you just face palming this whole conversation? Yeah, this whole Dude, conversation is just painful. You look so tilted, Jesus. I mean, if you want to tilt me, I think the fastest way to tilt me is probably those kinds of things. <laughs> Not actually gameplay stuff or, or anything. It's, it's, it's non-game, non-league stuff tilts me way more. Well, uh, either way, love Tilt and Mark, but also love Alienware, who's our, our first sponsor for the evening. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break to talk about them. Uh, actually, really big news, everyone. You can go to alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, unfortunately, they, this only works for people in North America because it's for the North American League server. But they've made a fun little game that you can play every day. Uh, here's an image of it. I don't, I did not, uh, I was not involved in the creative process. But you, I, 
you find out what's in my head, I guess. And then you can win uh, world skins or, oh, sorry, not world skins, but skip mystery skins and uh, Hextech chests and all sorts of cool stuff. So we're, we're giving away a ton, a ton of stuff over at Alienware.com slash Travis. Just click the banner up at the top whenever you get there. Uh, if you're listening to the YouTube description, there's a link in the description. And I think, to be honest, North American fans, I think, are just not really talk- watching Worlds this year or much uh, much of the, the coverage I'm doing. And so uh, I think we haven't had too many North American folks that are, are playing this game. And uh, But you could play it. And so, so your chances, I'm getting, saying, are are pretty high of getting something. October 3rd through the 15th, um, you can play it every day, giving away all sorts of stuff. So high, highly recommend you go check that out and and win something. So it's just a cool little thing that Alienware is doing for exclusively my audience during Worlds to celebrate Worlds and give away some stuff. So I'm going to go ahead and put that into uh, Twitch chat as well. So go over there and win some stuff. And then if you do win something, especially right now, if, if you're, you win something on... Uh, during the show, type it in the chat. Let me know what you want. I'm kind of curious. And then if you win something uh, from the YouTube VOD and you click that link, put it in the comments because I'm curious to see what everybody's winning. Kind of fun to hear whenever somebody gets some like crazy skin or whatever through this. Thank you so much to Alienware for their sponsorship of the show. We just want a mystery mode. Um, all right, Mark. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, when did we do our sh- our pre world like our pre group stage um, hotline league? Was it on a Wednesday as well or a Tuesday? I think it was a Wednesday. Today's a Tuesday, so it's it's been about six days. Our, the, so if anyone wants to put a topic in, like you'll probably get pulled if it's if it's halfway decent because it is a slow night. I think NA has checked out. Yeah, we had like two point five k before uh, on the on the yeah, world two point five to three. Um, on average, except for the time whenever LS hosted us and we got a ton. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we we start bombing out. <laughs> no one's talking in the Discord. No one's watching. <laughs> no, my my interviews this year. Um, I it's like I I don't tend to worry too much about views or whatever in general. That's not the metric I care about. But it is just funny because even the North American interviews like are not doing. Well, I think people are just like, especially after the first one or two days of us losing a ton. I think NA fans were just like, "We're done." Uh, so yeah. it's it's unfortunate, but part of me is like, should I just go next and start talking about off season? Um, <laughs> soon, and, and so my content just be, just feel like, "Ooh, waiting roster rumors, trade rumors. Let's all just pretend LCS is starting soon." And and every conversation. With like interview with like all right, so what would you do to fix NA? Yeah, Conavy, what would you? <laughs> yeah, Conavy's like what? I don't watch. I don't fucking know. Yeah, so it's um. And so it's lyric, a... what would you do? To, to fix NA? No, no, don't answer that. <laughs> Damn. Okay, I was was ready, but what was it? Go. Okay. So I don't. So I don't know how you'd fix NA, but I did hear one really like cool suggestion that. At least feels like it adds something. I think I heard it from from Dom. I think Dom said it that like it, it'd be really interesting if all the teams got together and agreed to like import five like top solo queue players from like Korea or China, not as necessarily a player for their team, not as a streamer, to literally just pay them to come play solo queue in NA so you can have a more competitive solo queue environment. Because to me, step one of fixing NA 
has to be figuring out, you know, the solo queue problem because when you look at PCS, they have a way smaller uh, server size than an A. They have like 5% of the money. But the reason why teams like uh, Machi can even be competitive, right, is because they actually get good good solo queue practice. So I really like right. that, that suggestion from Dom. It'd be really cool to see. Would five For people do like enough? I, don't, I guess I'm not familiar enough I mean, with like how competitive and how small the group is at the top of solo queue. But you're getting like 50 people, right? And I, I don't I can't remember what NA's challenger is because I remember right change all them peers back. But if it's 200, you're injecting 50 people in who are playing oh, I see. Five for eight or nine team. hours a day. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I, okay. I think it'd have to be like a, a, a group effort for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For so people who don't know, like the PCS former LNS teams scrim or play on the Korean server, which is what uh, Lyric was referencing in terms of still having a good solo queue environment. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I I think I think that would be. I mean, I don't know if it would ever work. I don't know what the salaries have to be, if visas and all that. That you know, garbage of a logistical nightmare it would be. But like, uh, I saw someone talking about like Grandmaster. The cutoff right now is like 40 LP or something, you know, for, uh, <laughs> for NA. It's like so low. And like a lot of those people have multiple accounts in, in Challenger. Um, yeah. So 50 could could actually be a pretty good injection at that point. Yeah, I think it'll at least be noticeable. And in terms of money, man, like you, you talk to like a, a master's tier Korean player on the ladder They'll probably take like 800 USD a month or something like ridiculously low to just be like, oh, wait, I get paid to play league. I'm already playing league like 20 hours a day. Oh, and I get to move to Los Angeles. Let's go. I think, yeah, I think you would want to incentivize those people too. You give them some sort of bonuses to stay at the top or something like that where they stay incentivized to keep competing and grinding and and trying to be up at the top, that'd be interesting. You mean you mean to make sure they don't fall to the LA celebrity culture once yes, they get true. here? Well, so in my mind, you probably place these people in Chicago because why would you need to have them in LA? That's true, actually. It's put them in the Midwest somewhere. Yeah, somewhere it's super Welcome cheap. To we're gonna send you. <laughs> we're gonna put you in. We found a small little town. It's got fiber. You're going to be there with 49 other people. You'll double the population, and this will become the most... You'll double, you'll double the challenger population yes. and the population of... And it'll be the most Korean-concentrated city in the U.S. because it'll be 50% Korean. Look at the diversity statistics they'll yeah, be able yes, to pull out yes. at whatever council local... Yes, and... Uh, and... <laughs> Like that alone is like a show. Like you get so many content opportunities about, about that too. We took we took fifty Korean challenger players, stuck them in this little town. What in the happens Midwest. when seven strangers move it? It's the real world. Let's just. Uh, so what, is, what is it? Like, stop being something and start getting real. Uh, there'd be nothing to film. They're all just in their yeah. fucking rooms playing solo queue. Oh my god. Somebody says Lincoln, Nebraska has good data centers. They can probably get Google <laughs> Fiber there. Dope. Uh, okay, I got to figure out how to put that into the spinner. Um. Anyway, you want to grab the next caller? Sure. All right. Uh, some more shout-outs to some subs. Uh, Danny Zhang, thank you. I think I said Mr. Jameson, but just in case. Big, uh, the Noblet, Chef Daddy, I think. Is it Chef? Yeah, Chef Daddy 93 and Wild LOL. Hello, Wild. Almost two years. Uh, Twitch, Twitch chat. 
Twitch chat has very mixed. I did not say Chicago was the little town. I said that the you put them in a little town like in the Midwest near Chicago. Anyway, yeah, we it, initially we said Chicago, and then we said yes. if you're trying to drop cost of living, then like yes. you know move move them fifty hundred miles somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, you don't they don't need to be too close, right? Just someplace with good internet. Anyway, Blue yeah. Frost is here. Blue Frost. Uh, I feel like you've called in before. Am I wrong? Uh, I I called in. I dropped some uh, like hypothetical scenarios, and one of them involved the minor region getting out of plans. That's and right. I think you said it was UOL, so I'm going to go get the call for that. But okay. my take is about Knights stats in the group stage. I encountered a writer thread earlier today about like how Knights been doing in group stage. And he has the cave only four, which I'm just double checking on Oracle's Luxor. Like, his stats have been a little underwhelming, given how much hype he's received. Like, his KDA is only 4.0, which puts him above, like, the NA mid, Larson, Caps. He's also 10th in gold difference at 10 minutes, actually below Power of Evil. 12th, and then the rest is going to pull from the thread. 12th in DPM, 12th in CS per minute, 14th in kill participation, 14th in CSD of 15, and has the lowest damage share of all mid laners, and is the only one under 20%, and has not participated in a single first blood. And I'm sure Lyric can attest to this, but compared to the 2020 LPL season, his stats were a lot more dominant. Do you think this is a worrying sign for TS in the future, like a sign of Knight underperforming or choking, or is it more his teammates stepping up? Oh, I, I think... To me, I actually take this as a good sign. I didn't even know it, and I, I just pulled up the stats right now, and you're right. Like, holy shit, man, 17% damage is a mid laner. But, <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually insane. But Jackie Love, 36% with three Senna games. That blows my mind. But I think, you know, even just looking at the eye test, right, I think Knights played well in, in all these games. He played, like, two weaker laning champions, which I think makes sense with the laning statistics, right? He played Nocturne and Akali. But, uh... We did even see this a bit in, in playoffs. I think it was their series against Stooning where Knight wasn't the, the carry of the team in that series. He, he was allowed to play a backseat role. He pretty much was just laning 1v1 against Angel the whole game while it was like Bin, Karsa, and Jackie Love stepping up to carry the series. So I think that just kind of shows how, how scary this team is that you don't even need them to be completely activated yet for them to be topping this group at 3-0 because I still have complete faith that when it comes to playoffs or when it comes to, you know, like a game where he does get on a more signature pick, whether it's something like uh, his Echo against the Syndra or something like a Zoe, I mean, I still think Knight's the best mid laner in the world, if not, you know, top two. Yeah, I, I guess uh, the, oh, go ahead. I was going to talk about the CS a little bit just because he had to play against Chovy and Chovy's kind of tends to get CS leads. So Queen Assault. But go ahead, Mark. Uh, I was going to throw in as well that like the, the thing that really impressed me about top uh as i was doing all my prep and stuff was like they yeah they can they can all carry but like there's like knight can play everything i was like what's his champ pool and i pulled up you know like his summer games of legends uh you know things and i'm like oh jesus fucking christ it's everything every style Twenty champions yeah it's a million champions they're all different like he can just play whatever the team needs and i think um in group stage with I actually think the the mid laners in Group D are, are are pretty solid. I mean, Power of Evil has always performed internationally. Uh, not like he's 
not not saying he's one of the best in the world, but he, he is a really solid player and he's hard to take advantage of a, a lot of the time, even if you're going to outperform him in team fights or whatever in laning phase, he, he's pretty hard to exploit. Uh, Chovy, enough said, you know, arguably best mid laner in the world. Him and Knight are probably one, two. And so I think that their game plan for this group was actually a little less Knight centric. Um, I think three six nine has a monstrous advantage over every single top laner. So I can't. I don't know what what their prep was for for top. But if I was coaching top and I'm looking at these teams, I'm like, I can do this the hard way and like put Knight in in tough matchups where he'll probably win, especially you know if we play well and Karsta's helping him out and stuff. Or I can you know give Ben Jackson these kinds of or something. I keep saying Ben uh, three six nine. I keep messing them up and it's it's pissing me off. <laughs> yeah, three six nine is a monster. So. I'll give three six nine the like the priority in, in a lot of these. And Jackie Love also on Senna hulking out is just it's insane on Senna. Uh, he's a beast. So like it's ridiculous. I, I think some of it is is yeah you know draft focus. Um, you know like like uh, Lyric was saying, Nocturne into TF was there to counter out the global two. You know yes, Knight can pop off, but it's not a laning focused champion, and, and the alt is there <coughs> a lot of time to to deny a lot of the plays that the other global is trying to make. Blue Frost, does this make you <clears throat> feel differently? Um, I honestly didn't. I was coming in more having like an open question because it was just an interesting thread I saw. Yeah. And the like the post was made by someone named Dante Bear, and he actually had to take that. He seems the way he presented it seems to agree with how Lyric and Mark are taking it. And I also looked into his champion stats, and I think both splits, I believe, he combined for. He played 19 champions in regular spring. I don't think I see any new ones in playoffs, but still, like it's like 20, maybe 30 champions over the like 20 plus champions over the course of a year. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so thank you so much, Blue Frost. Is there anything that you want to shout out before we go on to the next call? Uh, I want to shout. Who had the TLG two take? I just kind of want to shout that out a bit, and I'm just gonna say it's a bit of both. That it was G two inting draft, but also you saw TL playing more proactively, especially like tactical playing pretty aggro and like overall it's a better look. You know, we'll have to see how the I believe their group wraps up Thursday. We'll have to see how that plays out, but yep. it's like G two kind of sandbagging a bit, but you're seeing liquid improve. So. Thank you so much, Blue Frost. Have a good one. All right. All right. Time for the next call. Uh, I would shout out subs, but uh, I don't see any. By the way, DraftBuff told me that they uh, there's a bunch of people that signed up and completed the DraftBuff challenge. They've reached out to people for Twitch usernames, and only three have replied so far for the gifted sub. So if uh i don't know i think they're emailing people so um go ahead and just check your email if you did complete that because you want to be able to get uh the gifted sub and i want to be able to get your gifted sub all right we got blue jay here blue jay how's canada uh canada's popping right now the good old time not not really i don't know even i don't even know why i say that it's it's all right <laughs> that's a that's generally my opinion of Canada. Uh, what, what, Whoa! What do, you, what do you want to talk about on the show? 
Uh, my take is that G2 as a team is overrated, and fans shouldn't be surprised if they make an early exit. What would and an yes, early exit I look like Bring on the for flame. Uh, I would say quarters or earlier. So, so I think they will make it out of group. So I do think that that's what will happen. Um, so you, but... you only think they're gonna like you. Your prediction is they make it to quarters, but they don't make it out. And you also feel like that would be an early exit that most people are predicting them to go further. Yeah, I think that people are a little bit too attached to 2019 G2. I think 2020 G2 is just a lot worse than 2020 G2. And I think people have kind of kind of need to let go of last year um, and kind of look more at what we see this year. Is there anything about their performance that is making you feel that way in particular? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. So um, while I would actually say that I think Wonder looks a lot better than last year, not that he was bad last year, I just think he's improved. I do think that they look worse in the jungle. I think Yankos is a little bit worse than last year. I think Yankos was one of the best junglers in the world last year. This year, I don't really think that. And I think that the the big drop-off to me is Perks, honestly. Um, Perks was one of the best ADs in the world last year, and I don't think he's even in that conversation anymore. Lyric, what about, or what do you think of G2 at Worlds right now? Do you think that they will make it past quarters? Oh, I actually completely agree with this take. Uh, coming in, I think I had, I expected G2 to be like my fourth team, right? Everyone had like the JDG, TS, Dom one. And when I saw their final, you know, it, it, it wasn't the best. Honestly, Fnatic was and should have won a lot of those games. But I think you just have to give G2 the benefit of the doubt coming into kind of important matchups. But going off what I said earlier about how Western teams play off, off jungle, I feel like Fnatic's the only EU team that actually looks like they have a good understanding of how to, again, play around waves, coordinate these invades, set up dragons properly with, with carry junglers. And uh, G2 definitely don't. Right now, G2 to me just kind of looks like the the Mickey show. Mickey is absolutely popping off, doing well in like every laning phase, constantly roaming. But I think once we get to quarters, I mean, Sooning, TS, Domwon, uh, JDG, DRX, who surprised me. I think all of these teams can beat G2. I think G2 only gets past quarters in my mind right now if they draw a group C team. Agreed, 100%. That's, that's what I was going to ask if you guys think uh, this is a G2 is going to get second and then, you know, draw one of the other top teams. Uh, yes, but, that's what but, I think anyway. But you, you're, but I mean, Lyric sounds like he's saying even even if they get first in group A, they're still going to lose to JDG slash uh, Damwon. Like DRX. Yeah, and uh, yeah. DRX as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely am not feeling too good on them, at least from what we've seen, right? That's kind of like the, the hard thing about G2 is they have like this like IG-esque magic that, you know, they could always just suddenly show up at any time. But, yeah, uh, I don't think they really have a great read on how to play the game right now. So I think even if they come in first, I'm not feeling too good on them getting the semis. Hmm. Do you think that they'll come in first? I mean, you know, LPL caster bias, so I'm going uh, going with Sooning. But, you know, they could. I, I don't think it actually really matters. Like... Best of ones, if they come out in first or second, like I said, to me, their their chances are the same. They need to draw Genji, Fnatic, LGD, one of those teams. Yeah, this... it's actually... Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was, I was going to say, it's interesting because I think, weirdly, one and two don't feel super different in any of the other groups right now. Like, I do think you can make the case that Dem one's better than JDG. We'll have to see them again. That game was a stomp, and it's a little hard to read into. Top versus DRX. DRX had a really early game comp. They were playing it pretty well, but then uh, top 
top beat him back. So like it's one of those things where I'm like, they all feel pretty close. Fnatic and uh, Gen G slash LUD feel like they can all take wins off each other as well. So I actually don't know how much of a difference there is right now. Come best of fives, maybe the, the teams will start, you know, spreading out a little bit more. But but right now, one one two in the groups actually feel relatively close. Uh, does this does this mean that we don't think that we're going to have any Western teams in the semis? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. At least that's I what think I think. Yeah, looks, looks like East dominated, which is pretty sad, honestly. Like again, it's been so cool that EU's been able to compete. It would have been cool if you know we could have had like a 2018 Cloud Nine, but just just the read on the game from the the Korean and Chinese teams right now, I feel like is is like two steps above the the Western teams. All right. Well, it sounds like. Wait, Mark, did you did you give your prediction? You said you mostly agree, right? Uh, yeah. I um, I was like them. Take take the uh, the brunt the, of the heat. The, I know. Oh, yeah, I realized. Yeah. <laughs> I realized because I realized that you had talked and you had said your bit, but that your bit didn't. You know, it was mostly just kind of talking about what lyrics said. So yeah, I I think G two. I I still didn't think at first in the group. Um. The matchup, otherwise, yeah, I don't think they'd beat DRX, JDG, Top, or or Dumb One. So it's a Group C team or bust. One thing I will say about G two is that I I think they are hands down the most fun team to watch. Uh, do we agree with that? Like that, you can never predict how their games are going to end. <laughs> True. I will say G two have the best owner in esports. Carlos, you're a fucking gangster. They also always find a way to find their fight. That's one other thing that you got to give G2, is that even if they're getting absolutely clapped, I don't know how, but they find a way to make a fight at least interesting, even if they're down like 10k or something. That's one of the weirdest things about G2. It is unreal how many times they can find their fight. they'll also find ways to lose fights down 10k. Yes! That's the other thing. can't close up games with Baron anymore. I don't know what happened. Like, they'll have Baron, they'll be sieging, and they'll lose a fight. Like, that was so unheard of in 2019 G2 that, I don't know, that kind of blows my yeah. mind. But it, oh, the game's again, ending. their games oh, are awesome. Never mind, they just got aced at their Nexus, or the other opponent's Nexus. Um, I think G2 could step it up. I could see them getting out of quarters, but I, maybe you guys are right in that, like, it's going to be tougher for them to do it this year than it was last year. Blue Jay, yeah, you, uh, to oh, be clear, ahead. I don't think that they're bad. It's just that I think they're overrated. That's all it really is. I think they're still I, better than NA teams, but yeah. I also no... think G2 are just really clever and that's like we can see in like their game against suiting that even if G2 are losing I feel like they're very smart about about like giving up sides of the map to like find small advantages elsewhere that then get them back into the game which is why I kind of said like they have this like magic to them that even though I don't expect them to beat those group B or group D teams if it happened I wouldn't be shocked well thank you so much Blue Jay for the call anything you want to shout out uh just a quick question about draft buff. Actually, is it like a whole new draft this week? How, how's that working? Yeah, so they are they split. If you're if you're doing the the, the team draft, uh, they split uh, groups into the first week and the second week. So basically, the idea is that like you can sort of pull. I mean, I think they had to use some of the costs because it's so close and to the the first week uh, to start, but. Uh, you can at least like kind of take the informed decision or inform information that you've learned from this week to pull the draft for the second week of groups. So, okay. But if you do have that question, or if anybody else has have questions about draft buff, we'll talk about them later in the sponsored segment. But there is a draft buff discussion channel on 
on this Discord, and they actually like respond to basically everyone in there. So, um, I would highly recommend if anybody wants to play uh, in that now. But anyway, thanks, oh. Jay. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me on, guys. See yeah. us. Have See a good one. All right, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, dude upstairs who has never gifted subs on the channel before, and so is thus a bit of a, a new face to me, just gifted 10 subs in the channel uh, during the start of that call. So thank you, dude upstairs. It's very generous of you. We're getting into the positive NA section, guys. This is like on TikTok whenever you you get to like weird parts of TikTok, and it'll be like, you're now in furniture design tiktok or whatever you, you like one video that yes. of like yeah it's, it's all it's like tick, the algorithm's like this is what you want okay yes, yes. Like, get me out love tiktok by the way everybody should uh use it it's not it's all not right late. have fun selling your data for entertainment we're using discord twitch twitter facebook whatever i'm not getting I, into this conversation yeah. <laughs> packrat is here packrat where are you calling from <laughs> I'm calling from Stony Brook University, New York. In New York? Yeah. Okay. I like that you get, some people give like a, a city, you gave a university. <laughs> anyway, anyway, what do you want to talk about on the um, show? Uh, so my take is that I think Team Liquid will go three and three, but uh, it could work in either way, but I don't think they're going to get a tiebreaker game though. Team Liquid so, will go three yeah. and three. Yeah, um, okay. I think that Machi is going to go zero and three this, or in two days they're going to go zero and three, so they're going to end up being one and five. And I think the most important games uh, of that day is the first game, which is TL versus G two, which I think TL will take. And TL's then the last two o G two. Yeah, I think TL uh, can definitely two o G two. Uh, I think the drafts are a little bit shaky, and I think G two is looking very weak, as said before. The uh, Blue Jay, the caller, right? Yeah. So. And then I think the... Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead and finish your thought. Yeah. And then I think the last game of the day, which is Sooning versus G2, will impact TL's uh, decision when they go 3-3. Three and Because three. Um, I think TL will lose to Sooning again, because I think Sooning is really good. But if Sooning beats G2, then uh, G2 and TL will be tied, but TL will have a 2 out tiebreaker, so they'll automatically get out. But if G2 can beat Sooning again, which I don't think they can, then uh, it would just be a 4-2, four, 4-2, four, four, two, four, two, and then uh, TL will just get third with 3-3. Three so is your prediction that based off of actually what you think, TL gets out and G2 doesn't? No, he's... Th oh, wait, you are saying it that. Could go, yes. It could go either way. He says he thinks that G2 won't be Sooning and that TL oh. has a tiebreaker. He's, he, he's playing out scenarios, but he's saying, in his opinion, the scenario is going to be that. Right, I thought he was saying TL was going to go 3-3, three, three, not get a tiebreaker, and the implication being they wouldn't get out of the group because they don't have a tiebreaker. He's saying that they're just going to get out clean over G2? Yeah. Damn. This, okay, is even so... this is even more of a pro NA take. I thought it was going to be like, hey, Team Liquid's going to go 3-3. Three and three. You're not going to feel that bad about it, NA fans. So, yeah. like, here's the funny thing. TL just beat G2. Theoretically, in my mind, I should be like, yeah, they just showed they could beat G2. Like, they're going to do it again. But being an NA fan for a decade has made me so conditioned to just be like, oh, you think they're going to beat G2 a second time? You <laughs> you got your free prize, and you think you deserve a second free prize? And that we won't lose to Machi again? <laughs> oh, look at what I've become. Um, 
Lyric, mm. what do you think as someone who doesn't... Oh, Lyric's a huge uh, Machi stick. fanboy. He thinks, uh, oh, this is, he thinks TL's going to go 0-3. Well, I'm just going out. I, I actually used to coach Machi, so the, the intense bias is there, but... Uh, man, I don't even know. I you can't do know, imagine. you just don't want to fucking like, say it on this LCS show, you coward. Right, I don't want to say it on this LCS show. <laughs> Let it rip, okay. dude. No, we've been hearing it all, all year long. You know, it's nothing new. We're used to it. Just tell it, give it to us straight, Doc. I actually do want to, want to preface that I came into Worlds being higher on an A. I expected TSM to do all right. But uh, yeah, Team Liquid's not beating G2 again. I, I, just, I just can't imagine it. I, and even if they do somehow sneak a win against G2 or Machi, I don't know if I can expect both because as we talked about earlier i really feel like team liquid's win was totally draft dependent so sure if if the stars can align and, and they can get a draft like this once again which i feel like was a bit disrespectful from g2 side i think especially now i honestly think you just take away the graves from from broxa but even a lot of g2's picks were just way too greedy uh i still think g2 will take it i think in, in terms of uh just lanes we even saw that machi's laners Played so well against G2. Like Mission was Mission was doing so well against Jensen. I think in terms of play style, Machi fits up really well to Team Liquid because they actually play pretty much exactly like Team Liquid. To me, they are like the 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 Asian Team Liquid. But from their matchup, it just looked like they had better laners. So I, I don't know how Team Liquid gets two more wins, but if they do, it would be fucking cool. Team Liquid's awesome. I love it. Lyric, how do you think? <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Okay, let's play this out. So you don't think TL beats G2. Do you think TL beats Machi? Uh, this one's 50-50, but my, my, my instincts are telling me probably. The, the, they'll probably get one more win. Okay. Damn it. I was trying to bait you into saying you think TL goes 0-3 and on their day because it would have been easy if you had predicted Machi. Anyway. I'll, I'll, I'll skirt the middle ground here a little bit. I think... Uh... Team Liquid versus Machi, I, I think the same way that we're... I don't think it's quite as drastic of a, like, mismatch in any way, but, like, I don't like Team Liquid's draft from that game the first time they played. I don't like four range, squishy, no lockdown CC. All you oh, have is Mordekaiser. Yeah. is going to ult himself in the death realm. He's not really frontline then because he's fucking, you know, in another dimension. So, like... I did not like their draft. It, it it arguably should have had priority, and you can win with it. Um, but I didn't like it. I think uh, you know they still got that kill early on with Tactical and Core JJ. I think they're a better bot lane than Bruce and Koala. So like maybe with the more aggressive oriented Kalistas or whatever else they're gonna bust out. Fuck it, Dravens. I don't know something cooler um, and maybe a little bit better of a draft. They 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 can beat Machi, but I don't think it's like I I think. People, myself included, slept on Machi a little too much. So I, I, I still think it, it's a close matchup. G2, I agree with the caller as well. A little bit like, yeah, I don't know, G2 could throw a game. They did it once already. We'll see if they do it again. Let's hope we're there to catch it if it falls into our lap. Uh, but yeah, I just don't see G2 going one and two in week two when it really matters. And then just bustering out at three and three. Could happen, but... I think it's much more likely that TLN's like two and four or something. And, and so here's here's the thing, everyone. In entertainment, you have genres, and genres are often defined by the tropes that are within them. And so, even though I personally prefer content that subverts those tropes and what you know the genre tends to go for, usually you can make pretty strong predictions based off of how these things tend to go. 
So, what I'm looking at right now on the schedule is TL versus G2 tomorrow. Right around, you know, just a little bit over 24 hours from now. That is the first game. Yes, TL should lose that game based off of what we all think here. Oh, no, I know what you're going with this. TL will beat G2 (laughs) because what will happen later is they will play Sooning and they will lose it. But it's okay because what we will say is all TL needs to do is beat Machi in order to stay in it. And, like, they should be able to do this. They've just 2 owed G2. Oh, my God. TL, please just win this game so you can get out of groups. And then they will lose to Machi. And everyone will feel shitty. So I just want you guys to all know that that is how that is going to go tomorrow. And all of you will stay up all night long in order to see it happen. As soon as TL beats G2, you'll think, I got to stay up for this. And then you will resent and hate uh, the LCS for doing this to you. I actually have a question. Uh, yeah. I guess for Mark, did did Impact play carries at all during summer? Like, was did he ever pick up like a Camille or something like that? Because I at least remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember. It, this like, is a, like, it's past... tough that you're asking Mark this question. <laughs> It's, it's so interesting because whenever I turn on like NA in the past years, I, I'd see like like certain games where Impact would pick carries, and they'd usually look pretty good. Like. I, I feel like those are always the best games out of Impact was when he got on a more carry-oriented champion. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad, man. Throw me back yeah. to Season 3, please. Uh, Yeah, though, no, he never really played carries. He had one... I'm, I'm looking it up to make sure I don't say never. He played one Jace game. I don't know what you want to call Aatrox and Renekton. Bruisers, I don't really count them as carries. I guess they do. Kennen as well. Kind of a carry. His Kennen's clean. I like his Kennen. Um, but yeah, no, he doesn't play real carries he doesn't play jacks doesn't play fiora camille quinn uh kale uh gp i mean he does play gp usually in the past but he didn't play it at all this year um so strange because i'd love yeah. to see him on some of these oh picks. no it's oh, really no, fucking no, strange no, dude no, no oh no <laughs> i don't know you, you probably didn't see this but like when elp <laughs> so like when Wukong was 6% solo queue win rate. I knew this was about to happen. I was like... He gave me the layup, dude. I have to to slam dunk it. Does Impact play carries? Let me tell you. Okay. (laughs) Wukong, highest global presence top laner in pro play. 60% win rate in solo queue or some bullshit. Absolutely claps most matchups. He's overtuned as fuck. You know what NA did? Ignored him for four weeks. NA just ignored oh, the champion for four fucking weeks. This is arguably the strongest champion in the game. This that is, uh... we just don't play. It's it and like even when Volleybear was was overtuned, Impact didn't pick him up for top lane. I don't think uh, I I don't think they even played played jungle really, but people were playing at top and, and like I I hate the state of North American top lane. And I don't blame it all on the players. I know I often talk about the players, but like, I don't know why the coaching staffs and people are not forcing us to play the game. We don't even play the game. Like we just ignore a part of the game. Like just red side pick ban is so terrible. We just don't counterpick ever. Never hard counterpick. It, like the hardest counterpick you get is like, oh, you picked Orin. I'll play Blade of the Rune King set. Ha ha ha. There's my counterpick. And it's, it, it kills me. It fucking kills me. I went on a, I went on a, like, I would just spam Wukong. I would pull up on broadcasts, like, and it's, it, I, Wukong is just a symbol for how I feel about the state of NA top lane. Like, it's true for all the champs that are good, 
But if you can't even play this like globally OP motherfucker, like how doomed are we? Mark, if you were to sum that up as uh, two to three words uh, to fit onto a spinning wheel. <laughs> Lyric, I knew that as soon as uh, I knew as soon as you were like, hey, can I just ask this question about I was like, oh, no. Dude, that Mark was awesome. Is, that was it, that was so necessary. It is it is the thing that I think Mark is most triggered by this year above anything. Uh, so it's just yeah, and like I, some people, I when I was talking about impact, I when I said we didn't play volleyball, I meant specifically impact didn't play volleyball when it was it was op. I mean, some people did, some people picks up off. Broken Blade has been good. It's not a totally universal problem. Broken Blade generally does. Licorice has generally been good about playing new champs. Um, Rune as well, even though he's not great, like he will be one of the people to experiment. Um, some days really hit or miss about whether he's feeling like he wants to carry the game or not that weekend, if he's actually going to play carry. Uh, so, like, you know, like, okay, so here's a great example. So I mentioned it, Kumo. He was one of the first people to pick up Volley Bear, and EG basically rode that to free wins, and people thought EG was a good team because they actually played the Broken Champs when they came out. Like, that's that's what we're at, is, like, if you happen to play the Broken Top laner, you'll, you'll probably actually be good in, in North... I don't know. It's... Yeah, sorry. Triggered. Triggered. You okay, Mark? Yeah. You need to take a breather. You can go maybe get some water, some fresh air. I have a water and coke nearby. I'm ready okay. to go. Next caller. Back, back rat. <laughs> Mark wants to get the next caller, so we have to say goodbye to you. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, and I, I know we kind of denied you a chance to talk too much about this, but any any other thoughts on on what you called in about? Which I got to admit, I've now forgotten. No, uh, it's all good. Um, I just think that. The TL versus Machi matchup again, I think it really comes down to the draft, especially in a lot of these games. And I think TL's draft will uh, definitely improve for the second round, Robin. Yeah. Well, thank you, Packrat. I'm excited to see you sparked a really great conversation, and then Lyric sparked an awful one. But I, I really appreciate it. So thanks for the call. Thank you. <clears throat> On to the next caller. Let's see, what do we got? Uh, Silky Octopus, thank you for the two months. Nunuko, 111, thank you. And Jamie, 92. Appreciate everybody subbing. Appreciate Lyric coming on. Lyric, what time is it there? Right like, now it's uh, 1230. 12.30. Noon? Yep. Yeah, I mean, the schedule is so nice for you guys. I, I mean, obviously, Dude, it's, it's, ab- it's there. It's but, absolutely amazing. Yeah. I'm slowly going crazy. It's not as bad as I thought, but like... Uh, yeah. Mr. Despair is here. Mr. Des- <laughs> Great name, by the way. Where are you calling from? Uh, Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. Hartford, Connecticut. Mr. Despair, do you have a positive take or a negative one? Uh, very positive. Wow, this is... See what I'm talking about? Subverting tropes? Uh, this is fantastic. Uh, Mr. Despair, what do you want to talk about? Um, so my take is TSM is going to make it out of groups. Oh. That's your yep. Okay. okay uh, <clears throat> just waiting for Twitch chat to do its thing. And okay, go ahead and explain. <laughs> All right. So right now, TSM is 0-3. Um, uh, as far as like almost anybody from NA is concerned, TSM shouldn't even be at Worlds. Uh, but they had that crazy run through Gauntlet that got them here in the first place. And um, a lot of the, the pre-Worlds a- analysis was that anybody in Group C can make it out. 
And I still believe that because in TSM's three losses uh, against Fnatic, they lost level one and then just got rolled over. Um, against Gen G, they picked Zillion and then Bjergsen just got fucking dumpstered. And against LGD, um, I think they were playing herbivores, like somebody mentioned before. So if TSM just played at the level they were playing in through their gauntlet run in NA, they can beat any of these teams and get out of groups, as long as the tiebreaker isn't against Gen.G. I feel like you're just trying to trigger me. This, this uh, I think you and you and Lyric conspired at some point before this to be like, what are the things that will tilt Mark the most? Let's, let's make sure <laughs> to ask about Carrie's top. I mean, like, Bjergsen hasn't been playing up to Caliber once um, in any of the games. And Doublelift has been smurfing, but he hasn't been able to have the ADC impact um, to carry any games. Like, ADC doesn't do that right You now. are trying to trigger so, Mark. Uh, He's about have you to seen Jackula upset my friend? Because uh, AD carry can carry some games if you're Jackula. <laughs> so, so last night, Mr. Despair, I was on Discord with Mark. And we're watching a TSM game, and he's just like, watch, watch Double F try to land any of his skill shots in this team fight right now. And uh, <laughs> I don't think he did. <clears throat> I, uh, yeah, I didn't touch on it in that uh, too much, but yeah, there's there's some some hands problems for sure. Um, they also got solo killed level one that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so. There are some problems. I don't know, Lyric. What do you think about the the TSM getting out three O's the Mark, dream? Mark tried to punt this. Yeah, so it doesn't explode. You know, I I, I, I took this take and I just went back and just <laughs> booted it right over the lyric. I was even sitting here ready to just say take it away, Mark. But uh, I <laughs> no no you're gonna guess. <laughs> I I came into worlds. I kind of liked what I saw out of TSM in, in, in the uh, the regionals runs. I was like, oh, cool. Like, this is a team that plays around topside. It looks like they have a, a bit of a better idea of how to incorporate their jungler on the map. None of their lanes are really, like, that weak, but hard to say in comparison to NA. But, man, I feel like in every aspect they've disappointed me. Their drafts I've hated. Their first game against Fnatic, again, giving over the Lucian Eve. Even if the Lucian didn't end up doing that much, again, everyone's already said it right. That was the Fnatic special. I feel like they've gotten outclassed in almost every role. Uh, the caller said himself, right, Bjergsen has not been playing. He was down, what, like 50 CS uh, against the, against BDD set. Longxing was a monster in these team fights uh, when they played against LGD. They were struggling against LGD's bot lane, who I actually don't think Kramer's that good. So the fact that, you know, you're not just kind of hard smashing them is a, is a bit disheartening. And, well, yeah, when I've looked at TSM this world, there isn't really any area where they've looked good. I don't think they've looked like absolute trash in, in every area, right? Because a lot of their games have been close. And I definitely can see them at least getting a win. Maybe, you know, maybe, who knows, the Stars line they get two wins. But I think getting out of groups at this point would be a really tough ask. I mean, I think... uh, <clears throat> here's what I will say. Like, I want to preface this by saying, like, I want TSM to do well. I have a best friend who is on that team who... I would love to see perform great at, at Worlds. Like, I, I love when North America does well, very clearly. So I, I am not, before I say all this stuff, it's not because I'm trying to dog on them. I know a lot of people like to dog on TSM. It's not what this is about. But man, it does, like, the thing I was thinking last night 
as Mark and I were watching that game was like, TSM resurrected the the previous team that they had, right? Like this is the exact same story that you you got uh, before. You have this team, they get first place. Uh, obviously they did it not as confidently as they did back in, in the old days, but like they go through, they get first seed, people get excited because like, hey, this team seems to be uh, playing in a bit of a better way than the other teams. And then like they go to Worlds and everybody just kind of underperforms like watching biofrost do the same thing that he did in uh what 2016 2017 like it is uh am i getting that right yeah it is like tough it's tough because it's just like we've all seen this before like this is exactly how it went down before and it's just uh it's really painful and so it's like once again our third seed is our only hope at worlds uh, and I know it's just like people, people flame me for the narrative based analysis or like the, just assuming that things that happened before in NA are going to happen again. And yet it's just like history is just repeating itself. You know, this is the exact same TSM that we saw years ago. So I don't know. It's pretty disappointing. Like, obviously there are some things that are different this time around. Uh, I hope that you are right, Mr. Despair, that they can three O their way in in this next day and like get out of groups and everything's gonna be great but like i i don't know it just it's hard not to see it all again and just feel like we're back where we started i mean it's even technically worse in a lot of ways we're like at least they were 2-1 and stuff they had beaten um crown i mean right they they beat them the first time if i'm not mistaken samsung Samson. Yeah, they beat Samsung. I think uh, yeah, yeah. the la- the best time they it was like a a tiebreaker that they lost, but they beat the Korean team. Yeah, so I, I either way, I think um, a lot of the stuff Lyric had had been saying was was right. I think at different points people kind of pass the ball on who's who's underperforming and not playing well, um, and I, I just haven't seen like these are, these are not necessarily easy things to fix like. The, the TL situation, right? It's like, oh my God, this draft was so bad. Fix it. You know, like the, I don't, that's not how I feel with, with uh, TSM at all. Uh, not to say that they can't pick up a win. I, you know, like I don't think LGT are this flawless team that, you know, like that game was relatively competitive as well. Like, I don't think they were playing that well and they, they ended up falling behind, but like they made some plays. They got some pickoffs, you know, you can kill peanuts. Sometimes they'll be in the wrong place. You know, uh, like, like you were saying, LG's bot lane is not that great. You can you can probably dive it again if you build a wave correctly and, and sink your lanes again, um, but to actually get out and get off three in a row is like you know they talk about parlay bets. Those are not those are tough bets to win when you go to Vegas. Don't don't take parlay bets. I mean, is it improbable? Yes, I don't think it's impossible though. I mean, no, it's not impossible. Unicorns of Love could three zero. Uh. But, but true. it's 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 just it's really tough to see. I think um, both, I guess both your one, prediction and both thing, how the team's performing. I'll, I'll give the take right is that if there was going to be a miracle, you know, run to happen, even though I I think TSMZ NA team I'm most disappointed with, at least the level of competition in this group is like way lower than the other groups, right? If this was Group B, Group C, I even think Group A, I think it'd be. I actually think it'd be impossible, but. Yeah, I, I don't think the other three teams are that good to where, again, if some miracle happens, maybe it could happen. And I agree with Travis. I think it'd be just really cool to see, even just from like a 
like a, a story perspective, right? It's going to be so boring if we do just have the the three Korean teams and the three best Chinese teams like duking it out in playoffs. It's going to be not that interesting. So, you know, TSM, make the magic happen. Well, Mr. Despair, you somehow with your positive take have filled me with despair. Uh, <laughs> is there anything that you want to say before we uh, move on to the next caller? Actually, a quick break, okay. I think. Um, Yeah, I... I just think TSM isn't skill-wise completely outmatched by any of these teams. Um, and if they kind of rally the way Team Liquid did um, today, like Team Liquid, uh, if if I'm understanding correctly, they just got a crazy level one, kind of like how Fnatic did against TSM, and they just butt-blasted G2 for the rest of the round. So if TSM can do that like once and then ride that momentum, I think... That would be the start of this uh, this narrative. <clears throat> I mean, we'll see. I like it would it would be nice. I do think that they need some sort of spark to get them to rally. Because I mean, that's that is actually one of my biggest concerns too. Is like if you're double lift, if you're Bjergsen, if you're Biofrost, and you're you you have to fight against the like wave of oh god, like is it happening again? You know, um, and and somehow break that that mental block that might be throwing you in that direction. So anyway, thank you so much, Mr. Despair for the call and uh, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We're going to take our second break for the night to talk about draft buff. Blue Jay was asking about it earlier, but right now, you know what? You don't have to build an NA team. You, (laughs) you want to keep watching groups. You want to feel good about uh, something because maybe the NA teams aren't doing great. Just draft your own with with players from all over the place using a draft buff. Right now, there's a Travis Gafford draft royale that's happening. Uh, we can do exclamation mark draft buff in the chat to pull up their their link. Anybody else can as well. You just go over there, join it, and see how you can play and how you'll do against everybody else. Let's see how uh, I'm going to open the app right now and see how I've done. I know my uh, they did like a pick 'em bracket, which I know mine is just unfortunately doomed but we're gonna find out right now how well i did in my draft royale from the first several days of games so i did terribly i placed uh 404th in the group so you can definitely beat me uh, out of go- how many <clears throat> 550 anyway there's 300 worse than you no no, no. there's only 150 worse than me. oh whoops I'm definitely in the bottom half. Anyway, uh, go join up in the Travis Gafford Royale. Draft your team. Get some great players. Uh, and don't... Maybe maybe be cautious around drafting any of the LCS teams because I don't know how well they're going to do. If Maybe they'll get a 3-0, and you believe that. You should go draft a bunch of them. But either way, super fun uh, to play draft buff. And uh, it's it's completely free, by the way. I think some people think this is like you have to go pay money for it or whatever. And you just download the app. You can play it. Uh, you know, sometimes people don't want to play fantasy because they feel like they have to go find a bunch of friends to like do the whole draft with. You can certainly do that if you have a group of friends or a Discord or whoever that really want to do that. In fact, if you join the Draft Buff chat on the Discord, I'm sure you can help find some other people um, on, on my Discord, discord.gg slash Travis. I'm sure you can find some other people to play with just uh, ask for some people to f- play. But if you don't want to go through the, the trouble of finding uh, some friends or some other people to create a, a league with, feel free to just join my Draft Royale. 
Uh, and also there's, I think, Frosk and Yamato Cannon have ones going as well. So maybe you can, if you have different teams you want to try out, you can play them in, in each of ours. So either way, thank you so much to Draft Royale, or sorry, Draft, uh, Draft Buff uh, for join, for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate them. And be sure to hang out in the uh, Draft Buff chat to, to talk more with them if you have any questions about the whole thing, how the whole thing works. There's a link in the YouTube description as well. All right. Uh, Mark is off grabbing the next caller. Let's see. Jamie92 was the last person who subbed. I think I already shouted them out. I don't know if anybody, if there's any prime gamers in the chat, but uh, I'd appreciate that. I I need to fund my Genshin Impact. Thing. Lyric, are you playing Genshin Impact? No, I see everyone around me doing it, which makes me not want to do it. I've heard it's the most successful launch a Chinese game has had in the U.S. ever. So... Uh, you get dogs with super impact. fun. Yeah. Burger is in here. Hello? Sorry, uh, I'm doing a food delivery. Hey, Kobe, you want to be on Hotline League tonight? You're doing great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Shiansi is here. Shiansi, where are you calling from? Calling from Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Wait, Mark, is Michigan one of the places you make fun of? Uh, so here's the secret. I make fun of ev- every place. I'll make fun of the East Coast, the West Coast. Like, I'll just make fun of any, any, anything. And wherever you're from, is it's bad. Chiancy, uh what do you want to talk about on the show? So I'm going to be your clickbait for the day, and I'm going to flame Reddit. I'm going to say that all these complaints about the advertising is dumb. I'm going to admit that when I called in back in, I believe, March, I was wrong. And I'm going to say that this has been a great year for esports. Wait, sorry. What was your take in March? My take in March was that this pandemic was going to be very bad for esports and that it was going to harm sponsorships and would generally just be very bad for the scene. And uh, and you're referencing, for those that don't know, I think the Reddit thread that was like, I'm tired of seeing all the sponsors on the the stream and like the Red Bull Bar and Power Play and all this stuff. It was yeah. also specifically, it called them tacky and weird to just throw words in front. Like instead of, I don't know, the Red Bull Bear and Power Play in like State Farm Analyst Desk and just throwing the, the word in front of things was what the Reddit thread was calling out as well. Um, so, so that's your take, Shiansi, is that that stuff is actually fine as well? Yeah, I think that um, complaining and saying that, oh my gosh, this is terrible. It's People have to be realizing that for Worlds, for the LCS, for the LEC, all of these broadcasts, they're done differently than in traditional forms of media where people are paying for the streaming rights and people are paying to view this content. You're not seeing a State Farm analyst desk on dancing with the stars or whatever because they don't need to have sponsors as much because they have the pay that they're getting for the streaming access. This is completely free. The LCS, I can watch for free. Worlds, I can watch for free. And all the prizes and all that are funded by other sources. It is a free access program. So having minimally invasive ads like that where it's just two extra words in front of a barren power play, or I have to hear a little 
couple ding noises after a MasterCard <laughs> ace. I don't care. Keep pumping this world right yeah. on in. MasterCard Gold Graph, I think. Uh, MasterCard Gold Graph. The MasterCard ding. But and yeah. it was just just to be clear, uh, I, I've worked with MasterCard in the past. I might want to in the future. So just as as I discussed the MasterCard being, please take into account the fact that uh, I might have a conflict of interest. But uh, I the the other part of this this that I loved, especially with Lyric here, is being like, hey, how does it compare to uh, the LPL broadcast? Well, before we get into that, I do. I just want to caveat all this stuff. Lyric right now trying to figure out how he wants to handle this and if he's going to get in trouble for anything he says. Um, so the I, the thing I want to caveat about this is like, I think sometimes on the show we get uh, we 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 end up at odds with some of our EU viewers around different things. This is one of the situations where like I don't know enough about what EU sports look like and eu sponsorship and all that stuff around events and so if it is true that like this is just something that doesn't happen at all in europe i can totally understand why european viewers might feel like this is really weird or unusual uh it might just be like a cultural difference or business difference i i want to be completely honest and open about that because like i just don't know about it so we're gonna obviously be talking about that from the perspective of of North American folks, but um, yeah, so I just wanted to, to caveat that. Secondly, I, I'm i planning on doing a video soon. It's very funny because that Reddit thread happened shortly after I was like, okay, as soon as Groups is done, I'm going to make this video talking about how I think it's actually great to see um, the sponsors involved. And I tweeted something to the effect of like, it's really great to see this because you can go back and find multiple videos that I made in the past, like over the past decade, criticizing Riot for not getting sponsors for their events and not figuring out a way to make sure that the sport is like sustainable. Um, so I think Mark, you kind of mentioned this or Sean maybe mentioned this, but like the, it, it this is a completely free thing to watch in North America and maybe in Europe. Again, I don't know. There's a ton of commercial breaks all the time and like in the middle of games, like the games are almost designed so that there's like a pause in the game itself and people will go do this. I know it's, that I we mean, have some, go ahead, Mark. I was gonna say it's even worse in, in pro sports. They will have TV timeouts where like no one wants to stop play, but they force it to happen in like football and NBA and stuff. So I totally know that there's also ad breaks during the the downtime, but like, I actually think the ad breaks are pretty well-timed. Like, you get to watch the full game. There's no ad breaks. There's no pausing for this. Very different than, than traditional sports. Uh, yes, you get some, like, little meme like, stuff, like the MasterCard thing or the Red Bull Baron Power Play or whatever. But for the most part, that stuff is added pretty gracefully. You just get to watch the full thing. And some people, because I've gotten pretty good now at knowing where people's heads go whenever the stuff starts to come up, as they say, like, well... Yeah, but like Riot shouldn't need to make money off this. They make money off the game. I would ask you, do you still play League of Legends? And it, even if you do, I bet you you probably know somebody, if you know a couple other people that watch League Esports, who watch it but don't play it. Like I, I personally think that, I have no evidence for this, but I, it would not surprise you to, to learn that there are a lot of people who watch League Esports that don't actively play the game, or if they do, they come in for a little bit and they leave. Maybe these people don't 
even spend money on the game, etc. So I just think it is like very important for them to figure out ways to do this, especially when they're doing very, very expensive stuff like getting a giant quarantine hotel and working with the people from the Mandalorian to create this like crazy looking stage so that it doesn't just look like a bunch of people in a regular studio that worlds can still feel really cool. Um, there's no audience, so there's no way for them to like monetize seats or tickets or anything like that. Um, it like, it is, I know people don't want to hear this, um, in a lot of cases and people just would love to just have the whole broadcast without any ads. I can tell you that like working in the industry, I know this is really important and I'm really happy to see that Riot has taken the time to find generally speaking, pretty high quality partners, right? Like this is not Jim's auto body that is sponsoring the stuff. Like these are top tier brands that we're being associated with. So I think it's really good. Um, sorry, long rant, but lyric, what, what does this stuff Indeed, look like? In long field? rant. I mean, that's, that's fine. This isn't a topic I'm like super passionate on. I think the one thing, I like that you guys pointed out is I'm actually just surprised fans care so much because as long as it doesn't inhibit the game, which is what most people are watching for anyway, like viewership takes massive dips between games during like analyst test segments and things like that. I'm actually surprised it, it bothers people at all because that's even where I'd stand. As long as you don't have like these like really distracting overlays where you have sponsors like everywhere, as long as you can watch the game, I think that's what matters. And uh, like for, for Chinese side, they don't have all the like meme like names and segments, but right, it's still the same. It's some guy between every game like reading off a card of all their sponsors. They've like you know the the Red Bulls and like the logos all over their desks. It's it's what needs to happen. We need to make money, and uh, you know uh, I hope people we get more sponsors for the English LPL broadcast next year, and I make more money. So fans, be okay with ads, <laughs> so I can make more money. Thank you. Doesn't the I, LPL broadcast have like vehicles driving onto the screen in some situations and yes. stuff? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that's I, I think I, what Mark was getting I, at. I, no, I was getting at the uh, Robo Colonel the Sanders KFC thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we have uh, we have this like statistics graph that like shows the like strength or probability of which comp is like strong and will win when, and that's sponsored by KFC. So we have a uh, we have the Robo Colonel, and we actually reference them a lot on broadcast. So. I love it. That's that's actually awesome. What is that? What does that sponsorship integration look like? So does he like? Is there a Robo Colonel? Have you not, not seen, seen this? this? It's no. so funny. Yeah, yeah. If, if you can find a clip or a tweet or something like that, I'll show it on screen. But it 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 just plays whenever you guys are looking at that graph or whatever. It'll just be like in the middle of a game. It'll just like usually at the start it'll pop up and it'll pop up at random times during the game of showing like the team's like probabilities of winning with like the champions and like the game state where it's at. So I, I yeah, maybe again, maybe this doesn't happen in Europe. I'm sorry if you were European and like this is really weird to you. And I, I totally get that that can be off-putting if like this just doesn't feel like the norm. But uh, it does seem to be the case in a lot of other places. So and I, I would hazard a guess, perhaps that there are some instances of this at least in Europe. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Even internationally, there's also like even if you just look up the Olympics and you look for the Olympic football slash soccer stadiums, you can see plastic. And this is a complaint that bothered me a lot that I saw a while ago, where the State Farm and stuff flags that were on Summoners Rift, those little flags that you notice for about ten seconds at most per game, people were complaining about them and how the advertisements getting in the way of the game. Oh yeah, that's weird it, for me. Have too. people yeah. not seen? But have have these have people not seen the stadiums that these 
pro sports are played in and how the entire outside of the field is lined with sponsored you'll see an all-state thing over there then you'll see a mcdonald's one over there and you'll see all these different brands just plastered on the side of the yeah yeah i mean it, it, it exists for it's sure it's there Gian, it's normal is there anything you want to shout out before we move on to the next caller I want to shout out my dad because uh, we're both in Michigan and we've both been managing to keep up on world. So shout out to my dad. Yeah. Shout, shout out to out. dad. Yeah. Thanks so much for the call. Look. Oh, <laughs> we lost him. I love it. Brutal. Wait, what were you going to say, Shiancy? Good luck. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, I think a lot of the sponsorship integrations have been great. Like the Spotify one in particular is fantastic because like they just shout out whatever song they're going to play. And yeah. music has always been such a good part of of Worlds. And I think it's really cool that they can they can do that stuff. Treethon, is that how you say your name? Yeah, Treethon. Treethon. Is your name Yeah, Ethan? like Tree and Ethan. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I did put a Are note. you a tree? Yeah, I did put a note. I am ghosting. I did change my name. I put a note in one of my in one of my things. Wait, sorry, you're you're kind clear. of warbling out. What was that last bit? Um, my original name is Ghostin. I oh, Ghostin. Oh, you're Ghostin. Yeah, yeah. I did change my name. A blue jay. Okay. No, so no, you... I am not. I put a note in one of my in one of my topics that said that I did the name change. Okay. What do you want? What do you All want right. to talk about on the show? <laughs> Um, oh, I want to say me, that. Where are you calling from? Sorry. Um, I'm calling from New Jersey currently. New I Jersey. usually Queens. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. What's your take? Um, I think FlyQuest is going to make it out of groups. Do you think FlyQuest is going to make it out of groups? So so far we've had yes. TL makes it out, TSM makes it out. Now we got FlyQuest. Mark, take it away. Who in that group just? No. <laughs> no. Lyric, is this the spiciest one so far for you? Uh, yeah, this is definitely the spiciest one. Holy <laughs> shit. Uh, how is this spicy? They oh, literally God. are the second place team. <laughs> the fact that you don't think this is spicy. Okay. Who doesn't make it out? Who doesn't make it out? Uh, DRX. What do you mean? What do you mean the second place team? DRX is the second place team. No, no, I mean like second place team from LCS. Pardon me. Oh, oh. Yes, um, but, but that's why yeah, it's spicy so, because they're the second place team from LCS. F fair enough, but you, I, I guess, with how TSM is doing, but I think, I think DRX, they, they have rookies that have shown that they can severely underperform, and I think that FlyQuest has definitely the best North American jungler, um, in Santorin. And also, Solo's ceiling is incredibly high. As well, you know, we have Power of Evil, who basically won V9 um, against Unicorns of Love. So I truly think that FlyQuest has the best chance out of all the teams to make it out of groups that are from the LCS and will definitely make it out of groups. I mean, I'll agree that Solo definitely looked high whenever he was setting the record for the most deaths in a game at Worlds. <laughs> but again, you got, well, you, have, you have to understand is, and I think even the casters have said this, he he got abused pretty heavily, but FlyQuest has been one of the only North American teams that have been actively making plays. Team Liquid finally started doing that, and they were making plays even when they were up against the wall against TES. So we need those type of aggressions. We don't want to just roll over 
and, and just kind of give up. And FlyQuest is the type of team that not give up, continuously make plays. And we have seen that TSM and Team Liquid can't really do that consistently. In every single game FlyQuest has played, they have never given up. So, okay. And like Solo, even if he's down from a de deficit, has never given up. Yeah. That's true. He was still going right in there. <laughs> Mark, uh, Mark, so you said to me that you feel like it's nice at least that FlyQuest tries to be proactive. I think, and so if I'm being honest, they have, I have felt the best about FlyQuest of the North American teams, weirdly. Not in terms of their chances to get out, but like their games usually don't depress me. Even the one where they got slammed by top esports, like they made some good plays bot. They tried to kill Knight. Knight's a monster and absorbed all that pressure and got out. He's he's a beast. What do you want me to say? You know, like, uh, but but they were trying to make plays. Um, the DRX game as well, I think um, a similar situation, uh, but actually pretty close until they had that kind of misfire near, near Rift Herald. You know, like in terms of playmaking, aggression, you know, some of those things that's being critical of in that replay that you're spamming, uh, I don't think really applies to them. I think the criticism is about ignoring top lane for the, the entirety of the summer split, where like there's a period of time, like halfway through, I think Solo had four champs played and they were all like weak side producers or tanks. You know, like I think those those arguments can still stand and why I, I'm not optimistic optimistic about their chances to, to get out of, out of groups, you know. Um, uh, I still feel that way about about them, but like overall as a team, I don't hate watching their games. I just don't think that they'll be able to get out. Lyric, I think I oh, know where God. you stand on this, but uh Well, uh, I'll still say because I actually completely agree. Like they have been my my favorite NA team to watch. Everything down to like like seeing their games on the rift, seeing like obviously their team branding, seeing like the watching the player interviews from you and seeing kind of how humble these guys are and how they're able to shake it off. It's just they've been really cool to watch. They've been really fun. They're always trying. They're always putting up a fight. It just sucks that they got seated into this group because that's the problem, right? I actually think they've looked better than TSM and Team Liquid. The problem is they're just in the hardest group of the three. And I actually think DRX has really surprised me because I was one of the people who came in higher on Genji than DRX, mm -hmm. but. I really like Genji's games of this world. I really like how they've been playing around Pioshik. I think, again, we all know Chovy's a monster. Carrie has been having some insane games. Uh, I think it's just too tough. I think the like individual player skill also, as we've seen with Solo, just isn't there. It's it's really rough for him because he's in a group, especially up against 369. I know a lot of people are high on like Zoom and Nuggery, but for me, I actually think I edge out 369 over Zoom for being the best top in China. I absolutely love watching this guy play. I love how much top puts resources into him. And yeah, I think FlyQuest, it, it's just kind of unlucky, right? It's kind of unfortunate that they are in this group because maybe if they were in Group C, that'd be more interesting, but obviously that would be possible because we'd be the first seed, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a similar feeling to me as like Rogue. Like I actually have been pleasantly surprised by Rogue in their games. Uh, they've done better than I thought they would have, but it just feels doomed with who's 1-2 in that group. Um and Rogue in Group A, Rogue in Group C. I would actually be really excited to see if they could still, if if they could get out, because, uh, like I said, they've they've looked pretty solid, and I'm always impressed to see how Rogue has been able to adapt their playstyle time and time again. FlyQuest, same way. Like I'm happy to see that they are playing aggressive. You know, they're working with with roams. They have that kind of roaming support meta that that a lot of the top teams in the world prefer. 
They just don't, they don't have all the pieces to make it work. I, I think they're also just kind of handicapped by uh, their their original head coach uh, dealing. Oh, we're kind of losing you. Uh, yeah. You were about me? Yeah, yeah, you were talking about the head coach. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Dilim not even being in China, like, coming from there, but Curry's obviously taking the reins there, and I think FlyQuest just, their ceiling is so unbelievably high as a team. So I really do think they can take out DRX for second. I don't think they're going to get first. And also, Unicorns of Luck could play spoilers, so somehow, some way, FlyQuest could even sneak in through URL taking, UOL taking a game. Well, Trethan, uh, we're gonna have to see if it's true. Sorry, we're gonna we're gonna have to move to the next caller because I think your mic's going a little wonky. Yeah, it might no just problem. be our connection, but um, I I do appreciate uh, the take. We'll have to see. I think I think it's a it's a tough one. I I do like the idea that FlyQuest are just like the good old boys, though, happy to be at Worlds and trying their darndest and never giving up. I think it's a it's a good take for for what's going on with that team right now. So. Thank you. Is there of anything course. you want to shout out before we move on to our last caller? Um, just shout out all the frontline workers handling the pandemic. They're heroes. Nice. That's a great shout out. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yep. Bye. Great. Off to Lyric. How's your first hotline league been? Dude, it's been fun. I love doing stuff like this. It's been uh, it's been interesting. Uh, all the edit positivity wasn't what I expected, but yeah, that's been cool. I think Mark is maybe dodging just like the NAS shit takes, but. Well, uh, I mean, I'm not pulling any of the NA shit takes because that's what we're here for. Oh, I mean, what else do you just be like, yep. <laughs> not much of a combo there. Yeah. Uh, how do you say your name, H- H- Hut? Huttagul. Huttagul? Yes, yes. Where are you calling? How are you guys doing? Pretty good. How are you calling? Where are you calling from? Uh, St. Charles, Illinois. St. Charles, Illinois. Mark, is this one of the places you make fun of? <laughs> Huttigal, uh, no, never, dude. What the fuck? Huttigal, what do you what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, it's very vague, but I just wanted to get everyone's opinion on. I think this is the worst world meta we've ever had, personally. Well, I feel like we've had so many bad metas. Why do you think this one is bad? Uh, it's just pretty boring to me. I feel like most of the uh, picks in each lane are similar to the previous years, and then they just added like jungle in Italy and graves in there. Like Orn has been relevant in the top lane the past three years since 2018. You miss um, Ardent Sensors? <laughs> I think Nordic that was Kaiser GP? <laughs> I do, yeah. That, that's you miss, than... you miss lane swaps? Yeah, for sure. You guys don't think so? Eh. I mean, eh. so this, this hasn't, I mean, it's been pretty standard, right? Like, there hasn't been any big weird stuff that's happening or I mean, any a, kind of... A, assassin Meadow was legit, you know? But uh, I don't know, Lyric, Mark, what do you th- think of the meta? I actually like the meta a lot, honestly, because I'm, I'm happy that we're not in, like, right, we're not in, like, a Zircorky meta. We're not in some, like, busted patch like we had Season 5 where you have, like, Mordekaiser that just suddenly came out. We have uh, 80 carries that have, uh, like, engage tools, Ash, Callista. You're able to pull out an aggressive pick like a Draven. Like, I like that we're in a meta that, that breeds a lot of aggression, you know? If this was a world where it was... Azir, Ezreal, Sejuani, you know, whatever. My God, that would be so, so disappointing. So I'm, I'm all on board for this meta, guys. First pick Renekton every game. Let's go. Mark? 
is talking to his girlfriend at the moment, but will hopefully be with us momentarily to discuss his take on the meta. <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh, I think the meta is good. I I agree with um, lyric. I think you can play through any lane right now. You can carry through any lane. Um, supports are incredibly proactive. Uh, they are not enchanters who just babysit 80 carries. Uh, they actually dump their ass and go make plays. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all for it. You can, you can play whatever. And there's definitely some power picks. But there's nothing OP really that, that I can think of that is like, must must ban maybe Lucian is the closest thing you can you can see, um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, it's I we haven't seen anything super creative. I guess is maybe the 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 closest thing you'd say. Uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of the most crazy pick we've had is like maybe the emergence of Twitch. I guess Not the unicorn scraps in general. Yeah. So, there... so I. Do we have any insight into what the the champion diversity has been like this worlds? Because normally you get those stats, um, and I I know like leagues is somewhat disappointing sometimes uh, in terms of how many, but I'm I'm curious if this year there's been a decent amount because I don't feel like there's like that much diversity. Um, I I'm I'm like looking at this, but it's not saying. You know, total number of yeah, yeah. I just didn't know if, if anybody's I, seen like a tweet or I something. Actually, I actually feel like we've had like a bit, like a nice bit of diversity, right? We had uh, we had I think it was DRX Pi. We had uh, the Silas in the jungle from Kanavi. We're seeing Jace. We of course had Kanye playing the Echo. Uh, Juan Fong with the Draven. I, I actually feel like this world has been really nice in terms of like diversity with champions, diversity with lanes you can play around, like like uh, Mark said, diversity with strategies. I remember. In a, one of JDG's games, I think it was against PSG, they played that comp that was just built to four-man dive both sides, set uh, Echo, Silas, Pantheon. Like, man, I've loved it. It's been fun. Twitch chat's saying 64. I never know if I can trust them, but... I, and I don't know how great that compares to previous years when we're at this stage, but I don't feel like we usually get too many more after, like, the halfway point of groups, you know? Like, I don't see, I, see that number going up to, like, 90. I feel like you get some, like, weirder pocket picks in the best of five, maybe, but it's... at, at yeah, I mean, it's not going to jump dramatically without, like, a, a patch in the middle. Yeah, I just worry, like, 64 is not that, that great. I, I remember, I feel like there was a Worlds where it went up to, like, 90-something or whatever. Um, yeah, I think, I think I don't think it's it's incredible, but I, I think, for me, I care less about champion diversity as the metric for um, what a, a healthy meta is and more about, like, how you actually play the game out. Because you could have... A ton of champs play, but if it's ardent sensor meta, I actually don't think that's a better meta than than this one. You know. Yeah, I would love to have not ardent sensor meta and a ton of champs played. Yeah, I mean that's the dream. Yeah. Do it's... you guys think this is a more team based meta rather than individual based? Like when IG won, it was all about rookie and the shy, whereas now it feels like it's way more team based. I would agree that it's it's probably a little less team oriented. I think the the lanes are less volatile. I think during those like the IG I mean, a little more team oriented. You mean? Yeah, sorry, a little bit more team oriented. Dur during like IG worlds, you know, you had like Akali, Aatrox, Aurelia. I think were like three of the the super strong champs, and like you just had super volatile, super scrappy solo lanes, um, which increase individual carry potential. But I don't I don't think it's it's like bad either i think people can still take over games 
Yeah, I think this has been one of the healthiest mixes. Like, like United Justice Worlds this year as a whole to me, maybe other than like you know Aphelios, but I I feel like this has been one of the most healthiest balances of like you can have people who can pop off in, in solo carry games. We've had it many times in LPL, but you can just be the better team like JDG. And I think our final shows that in LPL that you had you had TS again, this team that was built on individual skill. You look at Jackie Love Senna at this Worlds, he is pretty much solo carrying games. And then JDG is the complete opposite of that. So I think the balance is in a really good place right now for me. I really like the uh, level ones. Those have been really fun to watch. Yeah. And, yep. and we saw that even just in like the TLG2 game, uh, it was really hyped to kind of like set the tone of that, that game in a way that we hadn't seen in some of the other North America games. So I, I just think it's been fun to see those. So I don't know. Uh, Hut, I think, I think it might be tough. I, I, Hutt, I will agree that like I don't think this is the most exciting, and I'd love to see more champions. I think it's always really exciting whenever somebody pulls something out that people don't expect. But um, I think it's I think it's been maybe a little bit above average, at least on my end. And and these guys seem to be pretty big fans of it. I got you. Yeah, I guess I was just expecting to see more individual like outplays from the top LPL mid laners. Or I, I mean, we got to see like Ben pop off on what he played Jax. And then yep. three, six, on nine, the jacks. the jacks too. So that's fun to see. It's just, I wish we could see them pop off like the rookie, uh, uh, the shy days, you know? Yeah. Dude, rookie deserves to be here, man. F's in chat yeah. for rookie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For sure. uh, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, thanks for having me so much. Just a shout out to anyone who uh, supports Travis, Alienware. I know that's the big one. And then everybody else. Thank you so much. Thanks Hutt. for having me. Have a good one. You too. All right, so that wraps up our world's group stage show. Uh, thanks so much to Lyric for coming on. Mark, we can do our our round of goodbyes. Are you are you getting heckled by? No, you know, there's a lot of cat yeah. fighting. Sure. Uh, nope, nothing to shout out. Um, I know I said last time that I, I might stream in the middle of the night if I'm really bored. Um, but uh. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Mark. I might do it again. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I might bail. Last time I threw up a bunch because I ate some bad food. So if I don't throw up a bunch this time, maybe maybe I'll stream in the middle of the night. Very excited. Keep myself alive. I think I'm gonna keep my stream on and play some Genshin, and maybe I'll do one of those like every X number of gifted subs or subs. I will. I'll do a Summon. roll. I'll throw some more money at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You fucking addict. Lyric. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at Jordan Corby, LOL. Sorry, my my tag is so bad, but if I change it to Lyric, I lose the check mark, guys. Oh, it's yeah. Not, it's not worth it. So thanks for inviting me on. This was super fun to do. Thanks for everyone you know, bringing on their takes. You guys are some NA positive people, and I can appreciate it while I tear you down. Where did you grow up? Uh, I spent most of my life living in Arizona, but I've okay. kind of like moved all over across it sounded the like you said sorry so i i thought that you might have been canadian i realized perhaps that i <laughs> no, no, no. incorrectly assumed you were you were american well either way thanks thanks for coming on the show it's really fun and it's always great to get perspectives from other folks and i i, I like when we can do the show and make it a little bit more international for international events so you you being able to come on i think was really fun uh for me i'll still be here uh please go check out my world's coverage i know na is going to sleep so some of my stuff is uh I don't know, not getting the attention it normally does because uh, people are just somewhat checked out. But I think some of these interviews are, are really fun and really fantastic. And 
Um, it's it's been fun to talk to some of these these players. Even like Kanavi, we had a really fun moment where I realized he was understanding English. Oh, and we'll have another episode of Run It coming out tomorrow if you're watching this live. I think today, if you're watching it, is a vod. Um, and a lot of people were asking, I think, about Dam One. So that episode is about uh, Dam One. Should be should be a good one. So thanks everyone for watching. This has been Hotline League episode one forty three.